debated whether or not I should even leave him. I can appreciate... I don't trust this kid any further than I can throw him. Well, with your bad knee, Ed, you shouldn't throw anybody. It's true. What is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas. Uh-huh. Last thing I need at this point in my career is 1,500 Ferris Bueller disciples running around these halls. He jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body. Well, makes you look like an ass is what he does, Ed. Thank you, Grace. I think you're wrong. Oh, well, he's very popular, Ed. The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. That is why I have got to catch him this time. To show these kids that the example he sets is a first-class ticket to nowhere. Oh, Ed, you sounded like Dirty Harry just then. Really? Uh-huh. Thanks, Grace. Turn me down ever so slightly. Thank you. Why, hello. It's uh, three minutes and 18 seconds. I'm still very loud. Thank you. I think you might need to check the volume on your headphones. You're, you look, you're completely peaking normally. Okay, sorry. Never mind. Hold on. Try it again. Why, hello. There you go. Perfect. Uh, what was I doing? Uh, hello. Why, hello. It's 11 minutes and 38 seconds after the hour of 11. And this, the, uh, whatever that month is. it November now? Yes, because yesterday was Halloween. In the month of November in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming by making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. It is, uh... Whatever today is. It is Thursday, and welcome to day 12. Uh, it is uh, 503 733 2970. 503 733 2970. We are here in uh, beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Hold on, I'm just opening a bunch of things. We're running a little late today. It's 503 733 mischievous uh, observations or what have you. Uh, Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the tedious, the groundbreaking, the mundane, uh, the whatever, the what have you, the what not, the odds or the ends. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, uh, sarah at 970.am, and then everybody else... Everybody else who would normally have an email address is now gone. Uh, but we'll do more on that here in a second. Not gone, gone. Not gone. Just not, not departed. Not so here today. Not so much here today. Not gone in any sort of there needs to be a memo put out wishing them well and whatever it is they choose to do with the rest of their lives gone. Well, I have an email address, but I choose not to give it out. <laughs> yes. Um, so before I do anything, all right, hold on. Let me just stop here. Let me just back up. 
And let me... All right. You know, I write down the strangest things uh, to myself sometimes. Before I get any further, and let me just... Here's an example of the sort of thing I write down. I wrote down this phrase. Uh, can I just tell you this? I was sitting at my computer last night doing some work late... And it, it, this came up on some news site that I was going to, and it was so fascinating to me that I actually jotted it down. I didn't even click on the story. I'll actually tell you this. I don't even really know what story this sentence goes to. But this was a headline, and it wasn't on some weird news blog. It was on the, I think it was the Yahoo News or something last night. Australia's, this is a headline. This isn't my paraphrasing of it. This isn't some sort of artist rendering of the headlines. the actual headline. Quote, Australia's opposition leader laments earwax-eating video. Now, I'm not a very savvy man in the way of world politics. Maybe I'm not as continental uh, as some, what with all of my world travel and whatnot. I don't really understand what kind of context you could put around this headline that would make it not weird. And, and, and in fact, it's so fascinating to me that I've actually never clicked on it. I didn't read the story. I didn't go to the story. I don't know the background. I don't know who ate earwax. You haven't seen that video? No. I oh, mean, I've seen that. That's been on television. He was actually in the the legis you know the I don't know the the legislature or uh, House of Commons or whatever it was. And he decided that what his constituents needed to see, as a solid indication of my leadership, is the consumption of wax out of one of my ear canals. So, is, I mean, is there a video of him eating earwax? Yes. Oh. Fantastic. Okay, I'm totally going to that later. That's wonderful. And he was the, so he was, well, the opposition leader, so he wasn't actually elected to anything. Well, I guess he was elected to the House of Commons or... Or whatever. Yeah. He's something. Anyway, so there you go. I've got that written down, so we'll talk about that later on. We'll watch it live on the air. Won't that be exciting? All right, it is uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up today, we have a penis watch, Britney watch, uh, let's see, uh, bush watch coming up later on as well. Do we still have the Heather Mills theme? Is the Paul McCartney's oh. one-legged, soon-to-be ex-wife watch or whatever the hell it is now? It, we sure do. All right, actually so we got it right now. So we'll just shorten that to Mills watch. Uh, so that's coming up in the uh, in the noon hour later on. Uh, coming up today around 2.30, uh, we will be talking to punk rock icon and run contour uh, Henry Rollins. Uh, we'll be, because uh, he's at, uh, at the Aladdin tonight. Uh, so we'll be speaking to Henry Rollins later on. And let me just tell you this. That's he's impressive. Been... How'd you swing that? Because I'm me, baby. No, really, how'd you swing it? Scotty said it up okay. uh, Let me ask you a question. Yes? Wasn't it you that had a very disastrous interview that... with Henry Rollins yes, one time? Thanks for bringing Way it up. Way to him out, Bruce. Thanks so much. Thanks for getting inside my head on game day. And, and you want to go back to that well again? Thanks, Burgess Meredith. I appreciate it. Rock, he already beat you once. Uh, I was actually just going to say that this is 2007, and in 1996, in 1996, and I still have it, actually. And here's how long ago. Here's how long it's been. And life is just weird sometimes, actually. You know, the, 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 I don't mean this to sound all weird and, and you know, all the, the contemplative about it like a Buddhist early on in the program. But it is strange how your life path sort of intersects with people over the years and over the decades. You know, you run into people, you meet people, your life sort of merges with theirs for a moment, then you don't think about them for another 15 years, and it's something, you know, you're at a cocktail party in Queens, and there they are. So I did this interview with Henry Rollins in 1996 that was just, it wasn't like disastrous so much as I was just terrified. I mean, because he's just... Because he's just such a big, intimidating bastard. I mean, especially then, because he was really at the apex. Uh, I think of his, maybe not the apex of his fame, because he's got the Henry Rollins show, and he's got, well, he's got two different shows, right? He's got the one on IFC, 
Henry's Movie Corner, and then he's got the Henry Rollins Show, which is actually on a different channel. He's got one that's on... I guess I should figure this out before I talk to him, huh? What do yeah. You... <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Henry. It's to be another really good interview. <laughs> Maybe I should do this. This will be like a before sunrise, before sunset thing. Every ten years, Henry and I will interview each other. Every every ten years, I will fail miserably. I, I see Scotty quit before he did the pre-interview. Huh? Yes, thanks. Uh, oh, here we go. The Henry Rollins Show. Okay, this is it. This is exactly what I was thinking of. The Henry Rollins Show continues its second successful season on the Independent Film Channel, or IFC. And then there's Henry's Film Corner, which I think actually might be a smaller segment on the same program. Because I've only ever seen that once. Anyway, so, uh, you know, and then he was in Black Flag and Rollins Band. Uh, and he's, he's on the road now. We'll be at the Aladdin tonight for a speaking gig. But I, I did this interview with Rollins in 1996. And I was, 1996, I was, what, 22 maybe? And I was just just all tiny and frail and squeaky and not terribly unlike I am today. And, of course, he's, you know, and, of course, he's Henry Rollins. And he was, he, he was you know, and it, I think it was, I think there are the two Henrys. I think there's the sort of happy, funny, happy-go-lucky, fun-loving Henry, uh, Henry. And then there's this sort of, I'm getting freaked out just thinking about the, about the interview now. Well, you can just talk to him about Wrong Turn to Dead End. Can I? Yes, where a group of reality show contestants find themselves fighting for survival against a family of hideously deformed inbred cannibals who plan to ruthlessly butcher them all. Really? That came out me? this year. Straight to DVD? Straight to DVD. Of course. Strangely, it's not mentioned on his biography. And it was actually just released less than a month ago. <laughs> I should just completely obviate everything else in the interview, but just going right to that. Just dwell on it all. But I, so I did this interview with Rollins in 96, and he was coming to, uh, it was when I was in Salt Lake, and he was coming to Salt Lake City for a speaking gig. And I, you know, when he just, as I said, he, when he's on stage doing his spoken word stuff, he's really funny, and he's, you know, he's very jovial and jocular and tells, tells a lot of jokes, and is really just sort of, you know, a, a genuinely amusing, funny guy. But that day, I don't know whether somebody had, like, backed over his kitten on the way out of the driveway or something, but it was just, Hi, Henry, how are you today? I'm fine. It's everything, and maybe it, it, it's also that the interviewing is not, like, my strongest skill, but it, it was, like, two-syllable responses to everything. So, um, so what are you going to be doing tonight at the Horticultural Center? Just doing my thing, man. Okay. Wow, this sounds like a really <laughs> promising interview. <laughs> and then you would hear like the nervous shuffling of papers as I was looking for a magical question that I was sure was written down somewhere. Well, in, in your in your defense, uh, uh, he, he's famous for chewing up and spitting out talk show hosts. And so. like, can I just and can I just show you this? <laughs> now, here's another thing. I do have to say this. Um, that the guy who I'm a lot named, the guy who actually uh, helped us book. Because in, in, Scotty did some of the legwork, but then, of course, Scotty had left a couple weeks ago. And so I did all the, the follow-up, booking the Rollins thing for today. And I was talking back and forth. It was like, he's, he's not his tour manager, but the guy who sort of books all his press appearances. And the guy's actual sign-off to me last night when we when we finalized it. Okay, Rollins will be, you know, calling your show around 2.30, you know. And then he doesn't sign it like, thanks for the help. He signs it, good luck, Dave. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, because you know it's Fantastic. not going to be different. Well, the refreshing thing is at least he's had 29 projects since 1996 well, that you can not, talk to him about. It, it, no, yeah, and those the guys, are just movies. movies. The guy's never short for work, so. 
Anyway, so there you go. So that's uh, that'll be the big uh, headlining event today. Uh, we got uh, Penis Watch, Britney Watch, Heather Mills Watch, Bush Watch, uh, Henry Rollins coming up later in the two o'clock hour. And and no matter how bad it sounds, uh, it'll never sound as bad as this one I did in '96, which I actually should have brought in. If I'd been really forward thinking about it, I would have brought it in today. And I'm sure it. someone could find it. Well, but here's the thing: is it's actually on a reel to reel. It's actually on like a little seven inch or ten inch or whatever those things were. Um, and it's I, I, I got it. I put it in a bag, and I've never listened to it again. It's been in a box in my basement. Uh, it's been unlistened to. Can we send somebody to your house to no, get that? No, you can't. I am so glad I'm going to be gone by 2 o'clock. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, the top five coming up today and uh, so forth. We're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Why, hello. Hello. How are you today? Good. I was very proud of you for going out last night. Yes. Yeah. I... It was weird seeing you out with people. Well, we were we had been pushing the um, you know the, the Barracuda guys. had uh, They were running some ads here because Emerson Starship was going to be playing at the Bartender's Ball, which is the and Barracuda my new vice. Uh, Halloween party. And... And the, the Emerson Starship guys had, you know, they, Barracuda had contacted the guys in Emerson Starship and said, hey, you guys are great. You, you played all the, the Emerson parties. The, the crowd digs you. Do you want to come play our Halloween party? The band asked me, they said, hey, can we, you know, do you mind if we if we kind of just keep the Emerson Starship name for this for the thing at Barracuda because it's what everybody knows us by? I said, that's fine. Just let me cut the ads myself so that I can sort of point out that it's not like a listener party. And I don't need everybody to show up and think something's going to be happening that's not. You know, the band is great, but I didn't want people to get the wrong idea. So we cut all these ads that you've probably heard over the last week or so where just me relentlessly said, I won't be there. Rick Emerson will not be in attendance. At no point will Rick Emerson, and of course, because I have no life, there's me last night. Well, I guess I'll go down to Barracuda. So I walked in. Fortunately, you guys were there uh, as well. Although I had actually stayed longer than you. I actually outlasted you. I know. We had to get back to our neck of the woods. Did you get? Did you have, stay long enough to see the two uh, fat girls uh, grinding against each other to every no. rose as its thorn? No. no. It was the best moment of the evening. <laughs> it really was. It really was wonderful. It was because the band, you know, they, they they were very much steeped in the 80s and early 90s, and so they're doing you know they're, they're, they're Dio and Dokken and Ozzy and you know whatever. And then at a certain point, they just felt like the time was right for a ballad, so they bust out the every rose has its thorn, and of course it's Halloween. So I looked down on the floor. And it's just two, I know the Lord loves all creatures, but it's just two women, uh, people of size. Um, one in, of course, the obligatory sexy maid outfit. Uh, and then the other one is, I don't know, just, it came as just a, a skank. And then they were just, what are you doing? I'm coming as a skank. Uh, and so then the two, they're doing this long, like... Really, like, off-puttingly now, sensual. Now, did you do it for like, their own enjoyment or to try and impress male suitors? You know, well, the, the latter was not going to be happening, so I hope for their sake it was the former. Because really, the, the other was just, that's a losing proposition. That was a fool's wager, is what that was. And the other really off-putting moment last night was when this guy, you know the guy I'm talking about, in the family guy, the Peter Griffin uh -huh. outfit. Who, he was like seven feet tall to begin with, huge like pillow gut, and then the big all-encompassing rubber family guy head. And at a certain point, there was another woman, like this, this tiny little Latin girl, who was like giving him the full-on lap dance, like in the middle of the floor. And of course, because it's a mask, he's got the big family guy grin, like permanently on his face. And I had to look away after a while. It was like some sort of weird Seth MacFarlane Fellini <laughs> film. Was it hypnotic? That was no good. It was just bad. 
Anyway, the band was great, though. I didn't see my new vice. Uh, I oh, heard they were too great. Bad. Yeah, they're really good. The uh, Emerson Starship was great. Uh, our good friend Sarah Moon went up, and uh, she sang uh, some Pat Benatar. She sang Heartbreaker and then some other Did stuff. Did you see that, that really little, um, the little Prince guy? Yeah, yeah, the guy who dressed like Prince. He was awesome. I don't think they knew who he was. I think that they just brought him up on stage because he looked like Prince, and it turned out that he could sing after all. In other words, I don't think it was a planned event. I, I think know they... he told me that it was because he's singing at Dante's sometime really? this next month. I yeah, and he does the whole purple okay. rain. Then he must be the guy. And I don't know no one cares about and this. And he looks exactly like Prince. There too. was this guy at the Halloween party last night at Barracuda who was dressed like Prince, did a fantastic purple rain, and I think he is the same guy. Not that I go to karaoke a lot, but I think he is the guy that Clyde and I saw at Dante's one night do like the best purple rain, that I, the best Prince that I've ever seen anybody do ever. Uh, so anyway, so that was last night, and uh, it seems like he's embraced it now. Home. No, he's he's done with it. Uh, all right, uh, working on the following stories for your edification today. In the stead of Tim Riley, uh, you've heard him uh, chime in a couple times already today. Is our, I don't have the sounder. Wait, hold on. Give me just one second here, and I'll appropriately introduce everything. Oh, it's already going to be one of those days. I can tell. Hold on. Anything? Oh, for the love of sweet God. Well, never mind. Just imagine. Oh wait, show no. Prep? Here we go. I did some show prep, but of course it did. Mentholoid, and I wasn't able to. Uh, wait, here we go. La- ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the godlike, former program director of the Rick Emerson Show, Bruce Agler. Hello, sir. I think maybe it should be programmer emeritus now. It's been so long. All right. Okay. Let me hold on. Let me update that right now. I like using the word emeritus whenever I can. Anyway, not enough chances to use that. I and I can't say that I'm sitting in for Tim Riley because I don't think anybody can sit in for Tim Riley. So I think I'll just say that I'm sitting in for Scotty J. I don't know if you want to go around and tell everybody Since that. he's no longer able to do it. Anyway, in addition to the aforementioned penis, Brittany, Heather Mills, and Bush watches, uh, the Multnomah County Sheriff this morning, just in the last 45 minutes, has broken his silence. Dog the Bounty Hunter show has been suspended after he uses the N-word. I've got and not oh. just, and repeatedly, over and over. And I don't like that guy to begin with, so let's all just take a moment to savor how delicious it is when somebody horrible gets what's coming to them. And he was talking about his son's girlfriend. Oh, the guy's <gasps> a dick. He's such a dick. Oh. I mean, he's such a bastard. You can just tell. He's talking about, and he uses her name, I think. Oh, I actually haven't heard the tape, so. Oh, I've I'm got it. Forward. I've got it all. I've got it right here, and it was vile. I had. To, I mean, the National Enquirer kind of cleaned it up, but I actually went and gave it like, like another another thorough going over, because it was still like so much that I wouldn't. There was no way I would play it, so I uh, so I went back and cleaned it up a little bit. I'm thinking of a great mashup between that and Alec Baldwin. You totally. Somebody ought to do some sort of a celebrity voicemail mega mix. You know that guy, right? The Dwayne, Dwayne no, the I know dog exactly bounty hunter guy. About. Yeah, I, I, I just didn't. I never didn't. Not like him. I never didn't. Done did not <laughs> like, like no. him. Maybe I don't know. I can't talk. Anyway, he never bothered me. No, he's... But now he does. He's one of those guys, though, that you just... You get such a bad... I hate to say this. You just get such a toothless redneck vibe off of that guy. And, and, I, and it, it, you know, he just seems like a terrible person. He always has. I have nothing to base it on, but I got this whole thing that the camera just doesn't lie. I mean, people always say that the television line, the camera will mislead you, but you know what? I don't think so. You look at Richard Nixon, he's a, you know, you know he's a bad guy. You look at Bill Clinton, and you know he's a used car salesman. You look at George Bush, you know he's not that bright. You look at that guy, uh, and he's, you know, he's just, you know, he's just an inbred. Well, now that he's not doing the show, maybe he'll come to Portland and visit you. Yeah, hooray. We'll make sure he'll send these comments. Him and Henry Rollins could take me up back and take turns punching me in the face. I guess of all the guys to antagonize, perhaps an angry bounty hunter is maybe not at the, uh, Maybe not at the top of the list. All right. And his giant, freaky wife. Yeah. Also also today, in Oregon's own Springfield, police are overrun with gnomes. Okay. And, uh, and 
the pizza makers in Wood Village captured, captured, caught a serial robber. I'm already taking after Scud. I was just going to say it's a fantastic day for all of us. A serial robber or a serial robber? Serial robber at the Wood Village Pizza Parlor. This is just air check material, top to bottom today. All right, this is what happens when Tim's not here. All right, that is all coming up uh, today, plus the glorious Bastard of the Week uh, will be announced uh, later on as well. Uh, before we do anything, and then we will, uh, we will break... Oh, you know, I didn't, even, I didn't even announce the CNN thing. That's the thing. That's why it's throwing me off my rhythm. Uh, coming up uh, later on today, we will talk to... Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, uh, also Rachel McGrath, who hates me, and uh, we'll talk to, I'm assuming it's Ed McCarthy? I believe it's Ed McCarthy. We'll talk to uh, Ed McCarthy today about the, the, the Fred Phelps, the Westboro uh, Church, which got hit with it. I think we have some sound from them, too. Uh, they got hit with that $2.9 million uh, judgment yesterday. All right, so before we move on, and I just got to take a second here, because I know this is, we traditionally run really late in the segment, but I do have to say just a couple of things. A couple observations from yesterday. A, I do believe we have once and for all definitively solved um, the question about whether, what's his name, uh, Lardass Hogan from, uh, from Stand By Me was in fact uh, a camp counselor at either uh, West Wind or Howard Camps. We now have this Rick. Daily podcast listener, so apologies for being a day late, but conference, because I said yesterday that we weren't going to end the show until we solved it. And by, by the time 3 o'clock it rolled around, we just didn't know for sure. Says, but there is confirmation that Andy Lindbergh, who was a Lincoln High School graduate, as was Matt Groening and Elliot Smith, um, was in fact a camp counselor at Howard, Oregon's premier outdoor school for the shaping of sixth grade minds. Uh, I went to high school with him and did a stint as a counselor myself uh, for Unicredit while he was teaching at the, at the camp. Um, said until your show, I was not privy to with the, not privy to his work with Captain Bog and Salty, and I think I will choose to remain blissfully unaware of his efforts to educate the children about the dangers of long distance sea voyages. Okay, so that so the guy who played Lardass in Stand by Me then was a camp counselor uh, it, it, it both uh, at Camp Howard. And at Camp Westwind. I've now got independent confirmation on that. Uh, and now he just moved to New York, but he was part of the Captain Bog and Salty thing, which is like some pirate group for children. So that is bit of business one from yesterday that I can now check off the list. Bit of business two is this. You get, and I want you to write this down because this is one of those things that everybody's going to be saying in like three or four months, and you can say that you heard it first on the Rick Emerson Show. Zombies, ladies and gentlemen. Zombies are the new pirates. Zombies are the new pirates who were the new ninjas who were in turn the new monkeys so there you go the only in case anybody asked you because when we when everybody was about monkeys we were talking about ninjas when everybody was about ninjas we said pirates now pirates are done it is all zombies all the time now well i think that was pretty apparent seeing anything that anyone i was i was shocked whenever i would see a girl not dressed as a zombie this year. <laughs> your costume stands uh, out for every, its lack of zombie every single person i know god love all of you but everyone was a zombie it's like you know what I have this innovative idea. I'll dress as a zombie. And it's like girls who, you know, with their boobs hanging out, and then they're like, I'll smear some blood on their faces. I just, nah. Of course. Ah. All right. Uh, so in case anybody asks, that's what the new thing is now. It's all zombies. But the question is, where are we going to go from there? There is nowhere to go. Oh, there's places to go. Laura and I sat, and we, th- we thought, we, and we spent like a good four and a half minutes of our lives that we will never, ever, ever get back, trying to figure out the follow-up to zombies. And we came up with nothing. So that's it. Um, final thought before we break, and, and then we'll uh, do a little thing. We'll come back with Lisa Desjardins, uh, Ed McCarthy, uh, Bruce Agler with the uh, Ministry of Truth, and, and for Tim Riley today. Yes. Um, we'll come back with all of that stuff. Final observation, and it is based on this um, 
based on this thing that I read earlier about opposition leader in Australia regrets earwax eating video. How do I put this? At some point today, I'm going to have to talk to Susan Reynolds uh, and or Bridget upstairs. Uh, they help us kind of keep track of what is in the giveaway pile, things that we have, you know, the sort of, you know, the prizes that we have to sort of give people for stuff. Somebody sent me. I can't even go into a lot of detail about it here, and then I won't. But I will say this. Somebody sent me the worst thing that I've ever seen. The worst thing that's ever been seen by anybody. The worst thing that has ever been taken in by human eyes. And I haven't seen this earwax eating video, but I assure you, no matter what it is, it pales in comparison to this other thing that I'm talking about. And I, and I, I, I don't want to begin a whole conversation about it now because I'll have no time. But I'm just going to say, just, let's all remember that I said this because I, do, I want to be one of those things I talk about and I don't come back to. And later on, we are going to come back to the worst thing that has ever been seen by anybody with human eyes on planet Earth. Uh, and we're going to find some way to get somebody else to watch it. But we'll Is have it a to... giant octopus of human no, teeth no, eating see, here's, no, person? No, see, here's the thing. You just don't know. You have no... And you'll never know because you can't ever see Is it, it like the head thing? You don't... No, it's so much worse. How can it possibly be worse than that? <laughs> you just see... You, you ask that. You ask that, but then if you were ever to find out... Uh, you could never live with yourself after having viewed this. It's... It is, as John Malkovich says in Being John Malkovich, I have seen what no man should see. So have I. So it's so horrific that we're actually going to have to, at some point, uh, bribe someone from the audience with some sort of consumer good uh, to come in and watch it. And the thing is, they are going to have to come in and watch it. They're not going to be allowed to watch it at home. We're going to have to find a member of the audience to come in, sit in the studio at that computer... And watch it all the way through. Maybe Bruce will watch it. And if now, see, I would never make Bruce watch this. I would never subject anybody who I, I had any sort of connection to with it. Anybody I cared about in even the remotest sense, I would never make them watch this. Well, I didn't have any trouble with the earwax. No, though. you see, you man, you say that, man, but you don't know. You don't know what I know. You haven't seen what I've seen. The earwax video did sort of prompt this whole discussion I was having with Corden Fatboy about it last night, though. There is this video on the net. It's nothing illegal, you know. It's nothing, uh, nothing you're going to go to jail for watching. No beheadings? No, there's no beheadings. It is not, uh, it is not. Is as it if, sexual? It is not, well, I suppose that depends on how one defines sexual. It is not, it is not a, a crime of any kind. In other words, it's not a filming of any sort of crime. Not like a guy getting shot in the head or something. It's not like a, you know, whatever. Because, you know, those were all over the net for a while. It's nothing like that. Well, is it real or is it something It's real, up? dude. It's so real. It's oh. so real and so wrong. And so you, have you seen it? Or I've just... seen it. I've seen it, and i got to tell you this. The video is about... The video is, I guess, uh, I would guess around 60 seconds long. I made it eight seconds. I made it eight. And it's like one of those things at Disneyland. It's like a giant um, caterpillar thing? Here's what it's like. It's like one of those things at Disneyland where you grab the metal handles, and then they just turn up the amperage, and you see how long you can hold on before you just have to hit the eject button. I made it about eight seconds, nine seconds into this, and I finally I just had to look away, and it was all I could do to like hold up my hand and shield the screen from my view while I scrabbled around with the mouse like some sort of demented cockroach trying to get the computer turned off. You could devise some sort of bull riding like competition. That's what, a... I'm, that's what I'm saying. So I am trademarking this bit right now. Rick Emerson's video endurance contest. And so we're going to have some listeners come in, but the deal is you're going to have to watch it all the way through. And I think you're going to have to send a release of some kind before you do it. 
And if you can make it all the way through this video, uh, you'll win something big from the crap stack. I don't know what it is. Are we going to get some kind of contraption, like in A Clockwork Orange, to keep their eyes open? <laughs> oh, no, 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 because if they shut their eyes or look away, they, the contest is over. They're going to have to, I mean, you can blink, but the content, you're going to have to watch it all the way through. So I don't know if we'll have time. We may have to pay this off tomorrow uh, because it's already 1130. we got a bunch of stuff to get to. we got the, the Rollins interview to dread. Uh, so uh, that's all on the way. See, everybody's calling people. There are people who probably know what it is. got to take a break here. We'll come back. Lisa Desjardins, your phone calls. Bruce Agler at the Ministry of Truth. Ed McCarthy, all of that on the way. Henry Rollins later on as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, Hello. All right, it's the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on today, CNN Radio Correspondent Rachel McGrath. Uh, we'll also talk to Ed McCarthy. Uh, Henry Rollins coming up on the 2 o'clock hour. The top five and the new news hour coming your way in about 25 minutes. Uh, we'll also talk to some of these foolhardy souls on the line uh, who are volunteering. I haven't even told you what we'd be giving away. As far as you know, we might just be giving away, you know, ribbons of honor for your family to display. People calling up to, uh, you know, to volunteer to watch this horrific video. You don't know, man. You have no idea. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the hill. Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, Lisa. Hi, how's it going? Uh, it is going dandily. How's life? How are things? How's, uh, how's your existence? Good. Uh, you know, delicious leftovers for lunch, all kinds of crazy uh, random stories here at the Capitol. I can't complain at all. Did you guys, uh, now I forget, did you guys have some sort of Halloween shindig, a festive, a gathering, a hootenanny, a hoedown? <laughs> No, I was just excited to have uh, regular trick-or-treaters. Let me tell you, those kids those kids were steady from 6.30 to 10, and I was particularly proud that it was most almost entirely homemade costumes. I was just going to, well, and I was going to say, typically when people come and they ask you for tricks or treats, it's with, you know, at the end of a gun, and it's called a mugging in your neighborhood. <laughs> so I guess it's all, I, I guess I would not really... I mean, look, I don't mean to disrespect your your hood and all, but I I, get, I, I wouldn't think that there'd be a lot of trick-or-treating in Washington, D.C., because if you leave the house, there's like a one-and-two shot that you're not coming home again. I mean, let's be this honest. This is the thing. Well, first of all, there there was uh, – well, also, you know, a lot most of the uh, homes in D.C. Are, are condos, so it's kind of inside the apartment building, but – you know, I did live in a house in D.C. at one point that the kids came by and it was all good. But I, I guess I didn't tell you guys. I've actually moved. I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, but I've moved across the river, just across the river to Alexandria. Uh, it's not, you know, it's uh-huh. not, you know, it's not Donna Reed. It's still a good, you know, right. little neighborhood. You know, this is now we're going to get the big speech, but look, just because we signed with a major label, we're not selling out. I mean, we are as indie and as, as street as ever we were. So indie. We are so indie. You know, and look, and I knew that you guys had moved to a different house, but I thought you were sticking true to your to your D.C. Uh, no, I really there. wanted to, but we really, last year we really did have a, a pretty bad crime year. And Jason, honestly just doesn't feel like the district is safe i'm you know i've no pro- you know i'm happy to I'd, I'd like to go to baghdad so it's no problem for me but he really he really feels like it's not safe we we had some friends who were really badly hurt so he's he's just nervous oh thanks for throwing in the friends who are badly hurt now i can't make jokes now i, I can't poke Why fun do you at jason think i did it <laughs> exactly. thanks, thanks for denuding me right away appreciate That's that great. All right. Well, what is, I mean, other than, the, I mean, I know we were going to talk about this this air safety thing a little bit, but is there anything else? You said that it's like hell's a popping over there. Is there anything else going on that I need to know about? Oh, it's not. Well, you. I can't imagine why you guys would care. I know it's, it's 
an issue on the West Coast, but uh, right now the governors of Georgia, Alabama, and Florida are all meeting together at the Department of Interior to try and work out a water fight. A uh, bunch of uh, water in Georgia, uh, the Georgians say they need it, and they don't want to send as much of it as they usually do. I have a great yeah. idea. Down to Alabama and Florida. I have a great idea. My idea is this, and this yes. is not really because of the, pardon me, I had to cough there. Uh, this is not really because of the water fight or anything in particular. I have this thing that at the Capitol, you know, any sort of legislative body, whenever there's going to be some sort of ground war, some sort of legislative scuffle over an issue, what they ought to do is, it would be like a chess timer when you're playing chess in the park with uh, Lawrence Fishburne. You, you go there, and as soon as you start fighting over the issue, somebody has to hit a button to begin the legislative session. But here's the thing. The temperature in the room goes up one degree every five minutes. And so, you know, it really, I mean, that's it. And so, you know, it's going to be like 12 degrees an hour, and you just got to get crap done, or else it's going to be like trying to figure out legislation on the surface of the sun. That is fantastic. I'm, I am completely in favor of that idea. You pass that along. That's a little uh, freebie from Rick Emerson to you. I'll pass that along. And the other thing today, uh, there was a big hearing on uh, the Food and Drug Administration. We keep talking about these imports from China, but the discussion today was about prescription imports. And and the issue is, of course, that there are a lot of counterfeits uh, getting into prescription supplies around the world. And, in fact, 80 percent uh, of the ingredients in our prescriptions are imported. But yet the FDA uh, at this point is inspecting maybe uh, 7 percent well of, uh, of those those factories that the drugs are coming from. But they're really looking at those 7 percent. I mean, they're, they're spending like, all day on it. Well, and what's great, too, is that when they do inspect these foreign factories, that 7% a year, they actually don't bring translators, and they use usually a translator from the company. So it's it, or sometimes or they just hope in, they really they literally said in the hearing today that sometimes they hope that they, there will be someone <laughs> on hand. Fantastic. Who can translate for them? Ugh. So it makes it difficult to really get your hands around what's going on. Now, the new commissioner of the FDA uh, did say, uh, you know, he, he wasn't fighting this. He said, in fact, you guys are completely right. We need to basically jettison what we have and start over because this agency is way behind. Uh, so he's uh, sort of hit, hitting the ground running anyway. Uh, two things about this. A, and I, maybe this is sort of a rhetorical question. I don't have the answer to this, but why is it lead? I mean, why mm. is there an abundance of lead in China? That is, I think we talked the other day that they got to get rid of. Why, right. why, why, but I mean, really, honestly, why lead? Because it's like it, even in things that don't really seem to require any use of lead, even in things that don't even have paint. What's this? Well, it's raisin bran with lead. It just seems like lead is sort of the go-to uh, toxin for China. That's <laughs> right. Well, they took a vote. It was a reality show. <laughs> also, it went with lead. Just right, and so exactly. You, and so you well, don't feel... Yeah. It was, lead was definitely the most popular. No, lead is a very cheap metal in many parts of the world, and it, and it can be used, uh, as you know, uh, in many forms, and that's why... Now, I don't know the chemistry of lead and why lead works in paint or what we use in paint to substitute for lead now, uh, but... 
it is a cheap ingredient, and it's cheaper than most replacement ingredients, and and it, it covers a broad spectrum of uses. That's that's the general. That's what that's what I know about without again knowing the chemistry too well. But I can look into it and pull out my. You know, they tried to make me a chemistry major in college, and that just didn't work out. Excellent. Thank you for resisting. Yeah. The, just so you don't feel bad about, I have to do. T- I have to tell you this very briefly. This is a true story from the Associated Press that in the Columbia River, uh, which is here in the Northwest, and which flows right by the Hanford Nuclear Facility, which is in my hometown. They recently discovered a lot of salmon and shrimp that have now begun to glow in the dark. No, uh, you're kidding. And, and I swear to you, I swear to God that the Food and Drug Administration has declined to investigate because, quote, there is no reason to believe that the glowing seafood poses a health risk. You know. I swear to Christ, I am not making it up. We had it from the AP the other day. And it was from my hometown, so that's that's why it sort of stuck out. So just in case you know you're looking for other things to be freaked out by. Wow, well, I feel I feel a little better now because in DC, <laughs> in the Potomac, we have fish that are now um many fish actually that that now have female and male uh, you know, sexual parts. Sort of the, the Jamie Lee Increasing Curtis of numbers, the fish right. This is yeah. Yeah, our drinking water, so yeah. So well, right that's on. okay. You know, what's a little hermaphrodism between friends? Wait, exactly. Maybe, you know, maybe that's the way we're all going to mutate anyway. Well, let's not think about that just now. <laughs> uh, all right. And uh, and then I know, the real, real briefly, because we're kind of over time here, there was okay. what is apparently, uh, I didn't even want to look at this because it was kind of freaking me out. This is, I love this. I love that, quote, other safety problems occur at airports far more often than are previously recognized, including near collisions. So I guess this is just one of those things. Is this NASA or is this the FAA? Well, it's both, actually. Well, it, actually, I'm sorry, it, it is not the FDA. It is NASA, but it's NASA touching on the FDA's main area, really. They did an anonymous survey, essentially, of pilots asking them uh, how many near collisions they'd had, how many incidents with birds, uh, safety problems, essentially, that they'd had. And they promised the pilots that they would remain anonymous. Uh-huh. And the results were that, uh, for instance, mid-air, near collisions midair were twice as high in this survey as has been previously reported elsewhere, and likewise, many other hazardous situations came up at uh, multiple times what they've otherwise been reported. NASA decided not to release the survey, saying, no, "Of course not." Essentially, that they were worried people would lose confidence in the airline <laughs> industry. So at least they were honest about <laughs> about it. You know, and defending his agency, uh, the head of NASA yesterday, Michael Griffin, said that he thought the results just were too high to be reasonable, that he, he questioned the survey itself, but it was led by uh, a woman from Stanford and, and other people who know what they're doing, so there's all kinds of questions about that. Anyway, the bottom line is uh, the, the full survey will be out sometime before the end of the year, and we'll get a sense of what NASA heard, but they're going to uh, essentially erase the names of any of the airlines so that you can't tell if oh, there's one great. or two the airlines com- that have comforting blackout marks. You won't be able to know what are the airlines that have particular problems. Just You'll just kind of know there's some airline. Just go or, back to being yeah. the luck of the draw. Yeah, right. All right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you, Lisa. As always, it's a pleasure. Have a, are you on tomorrow? Yes, yeah. All right. We'll talk to you then. Enjoy the rest of your day, sister. Great. There you go. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. All right. My apologies in advance to Ed McCarthy, who I think was beeping in a little, a little early. Oh, there he is. Fantastic. A lot early. Uh, we'll get to Ed McCarthy in just a second here. Let me uh, get a couple of these. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, sir, madam, as the case may be. Well, it, this is Penelope. Hello, Rick. Hi, Penelope. How are, How are you? you today? I'm very well. Thank now, you. Now, Richie, this is so great. Richie has typed on the screen, Penelope, and then in all caps, wow, hot chick. 
Is this true? Are you, in fact, a wow hot chick? I am, actually. Rich is going to teach me how to do the splits. Um, so that's really exciting, too. I'm very uh, much looking forward to it and hope I get a chance to come and view this horrific video. Sarah and I are sharing about. a quizzical look right now. Richie, look, I know that you have to, you know, I know that the bonuses that come with the job are maybe the only thing to make it worthwhile, but... All right. Well, whatever. You know, whatever. That's not my. That's not my affair. Um, he says he can do the splits. He says it's an amazing. Richie thing. cannot do the splits. Richie could never. Richie do Bristol the cannot Richie, do the splits. Richie, get in here right Richie, now and do the splits. Please come in the studio right now. Now look. <laughs> hold on. I was going to say this. Now Richie is. Richie's not like. Uh, Wait, hold on. Well, all right. Okay, he can do the <laughs> Totally. That, that looks right. like it's stretching things that shouldn't be stretched like that. Okay, now get out. Now never do that again. Okay, that All right, was a Penelope, little freaky. He can teach you to do the split. Richie, who is sort of a, a solidly built man, would you say that, Richie's? How would you describe? No, he's not. He's not hefty. He's, he's just, not hefty. He's but he's, uh, he's solid. He's, he's a little thick. <laughs> or do you only say that about women? I don't know, but he's you know he's thick was dumb. He's husky. He, he certainly doesn't husky. look like he had ballet training. He's husky. He came right in and just. No, he's peppy. I could see him being like a male cheerleader. That was a full-on <laughs> James Brown uh, banging the floor. I like. That. I've never seen that that determination before. He, he just he did have a sort of right Will Ferrell esque enthusiasm when he did that. All right. He said he, said he was like Will Ferrell. Uh, Will Ferrell, who could do the splits. Well, okay. Yes, he's just like Will Ferrell. All right. Um, so, okay, so you are willing, and then we'll, we'll talk to Emma McCarthy in just a second. So you are willing to come in and watch uh, this horrific video? Yes. Now, I'm, I, uh, now, even as we do this now, I realize that I'm not sure how we'll select the actual viewer. Uh, I'm not sure the mechanism by which to do that. And now we have, and Bridget is compiling a list of prizes we have for this person. Because here's the thing. Whoever we pick to come in and watch this will have to come in Sit down where we can observe them, I think in the chair occupied today by Bruce Agler, but it's Tim Riley's chair, and watch the screen. They will have to watch the video the entire way through. They can't really shut their eyes for any length of time or look away. Okay. And if you can make it all the way to the end, then the pile of prizes will be yours. Now, I'm not quite sure how we're going to select the actual participant. We'll we'll figure that out maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe here in just a while. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold. Okay. Uh, Richie's going to get your contact info if he hasn't already, uh, and then and then we'll we'll be in touch one way or the other. So hold on. All right. All right. There you go. And uh, by the way, if you are on hold, like we got the, these other guys. So if you're uh, one of these other guys on hold about this video business, I didn't really think this all the way through when I kind of spat it out last hour. So we'll we'll have to figure it out on the fly here. In the meantime, let's welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from the uh, the uh, South. Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy. Hello, Ed. Rick, how are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Good, uh, thank you. How's life in the South? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. We made it through Halloween. And here's why life is a little bit better and why the sun shines a little bit brighter. The birds are a little bit happier and the air is a little bit sweeter today. Uh, because uh, this uh, court told Fred Phelps and his gang of nitwits just to get stuffed yesterday. Um, he's Interesting. A- Interesting story. Uh, $11 million in damages awarded to uh, a father. and uh, so great. He uh, has to be very happy. Uh, they go around to funerals, uh, military funerals, and they they picket. And uh, you know, one of the signs is just uh, really disgusting. It says, "Thank God for dead soldiers." Yeah, and they're they're, they're just horrific people. They're just awful people. Uh, and you know, they're, they're you know from the Westboro uh, so-called Baptist Church. Although there's no regular, there's no there's no traditional Baptist Church that wants anything to do with them. And it is interesting if you look at Fred Phelps and just this pack of crazies. 
I read, and I may be getting this number wrong, so I'll have to just sort of recreate it in my head, but I read some article about it, and they're like 80% of the people in that church are, in fact, related to Fred Phelps uh, somehow. So it is just like a whole big, weird pack of, man, it's like, you know, it's like one, it's like, it's, it's like one big, uh, it's like one big, you know, Tennessee Williams play. It's all, you should probably call it the Church of the Incestuous. Yes, it's awful. So, uh, so they've been protesting, and yeah, they go to these, you know, these, these soldiers, these kids who die. They were famous for picketing Matthew Shepard's funeral. There's a play about Matthew Shepard, who was that poor kid that was killed for being gay. And there's a play about him called the Laramie Project, and these guys show up and they picket the Laramie Project everywhere that it plays. The guys just look. I have to say this, just karmically speaking, this guy and his so-called church have just been begging for this for years. But here's the question I have. So the judge himself said, and I do appreciate the fact that, that he upped the actual award from $6 million, I think, to $11 million, that the church doesn't have anywhere near this kind of money. So my question is, is the father that sued the church going to end up owning all of their land and all their stuff? Oh, that's, that's an interesting uh, thought. We'll have to follow that one. That's true. If they don't have that much, they'll, they'll get them for whatever they can. I mean, they're going to have to clearly file bankruptcy, but I know it's not without precedent because the Southern Poverty Law Center has done this in the past where somebody will sue, you know, like some white Aryan nations group or whatever, and they, you know, they won't, you know, they'll have to forfeit it, and then the family ends up owning, you know, all of this weird Nazi property somewhere. So it would be nice to think that they would end up owning Fred Phelps' house and then they could just kick him out. Yeah, they say they only have less than a million dollars in assets, the church. And so is this going to be the inevitable series of appeals, or is it, uh, you know, or is this the end of, of the road for this? Well, if they don't have the kind of money, I don't know what kind of appeals they're going to have, really. <laughs> That's right. for sure. Fantastic. Well, I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll keep following this. It just it really is satisfying because he's here. Let me just say this, and this is a little slice of editorial comment here that you do not have to uh, you do not have to comment upon if you don't wish. But the thing about Fred Phelps is he's such a terrible person, but he's also so old that I just lived in fear that he would die before he ever really got his. So this really does kind of warm my heart a little bit that he was actually alive to see his uh, to, you know to see this whole weird organization of his just dashed on the rocks. It does make me happy. Makes you feel good about people. People, Ed. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Ed. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rick. Bye bye. All right, there you go. I feel so bad for Ed sometimes because I think occasionally he's there just not knowing what he can react to and what he's not like Roop who just doesn't care and who was probably Ed drunk most of waves. the time. Like sometimes he's really goofy and other times he's just straight to the point. Super I think serious. whether it's I think honestly is whether Laura Caviezel is in the room. That's just a theory. Laura has been super nice this whole week. And we want to say hello to her because we know that they listen on the podcast oh. down there. So I will say that I do suspect no, that really sometimes... I really enjoyed chatting with her. I think sometimes when Ed's on the phone with me, he's all alone. There's nobody there monitoring him, and he's had several cream dements, and so he'll just we... say whatever's in his is head. Is that why you keep saying that Rachel McGrath hates you, so that way it gets back to her, and then she'll feel bad and start being nicer to you? I think we all know that's not going to happen. Uh, but occasionally, I think Ed's on the phone, and Laura is sort of like peeking over a cubicle wall at him, and that's why he has to temper his remarks. So they're in the same building? Yes. Yeah, he is in Atlanta, so that's Yeah, they're at the thing. CNN Center. Yeah, he works in the same complex as she does. Okay. But I don't know where he is. It seems like the, C the CNN radio section of the C... Because the CNN Center is where it's all located. Well, I mean, it's probably like how it is at a television station where the people who, um, you know, do all the booking and go in charge are in the middle of the room and then everyone else is kind of around. And, of course, if all of the CNN organization is there, which they are for the most part, it seems like the radio people would probably be in one area kind of You're apart probably from Probably one little closet down yeah. in the basement and in the corner knowing so. the way they treat radio anywhere. <laughs> what are you talking about, Bruce? All right. Uh, <clears throat> hello. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hi there. Hey, Rick. Hey. I'm one of those uh, stupid folks that's uh, willing to uh, uh, volunteer to see your silly movie. Oh, whatever. 
Okay, so now this is now this was all prompted by a news story that I saw yesterday about this guy eating earwax. Uh, there's a video of some guy eating earwax, and which is a little strange, and perhaps you know maybe not something the average person just does, you know, when they have time to kill. But it's not a kooky. It cannot hold a candle to this other video that I've seen that is on the internet that is really so. And I want to say right now. Uh, just preemptively, before we just wade hip deep into this whole thing, at no point will I describe the contents of the video. At you no nothing? No, no, hell no. I don't need F to no. hear it. I'm not scared. I don't need to hear it. Okay, Whatever. okay. All right, hold on, there, Sergeant Rock. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm addressing the, uh, the the public, the people. I'm saying, okay. I'm saying, if, if somebody calls up, don't ask, uh, don't ask clarifying questions about the video. Don't ring up and go, hey, is the video a whole lot of... I'm not going to... Does Richie know in, what the video is? I don't believe so, but I haven't asked him. In no uh, in no way am I going to clarify the contents of the video. It's not going to happen. So all we'll get totally okay. all we'll get when somebody comes in is they will watch it, we'll hear whatever their reaction is, and then uh, if they can make it all the way to the end... Uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll have some uh, we'll have some pilot prizes for them. So I'm going to put you on hold. Richie, you'll get your contact information. We'll see if we can get a couple people in here today to give this a try. But, uh, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not working today, so I'm, I'm there, man. You're way too eager to see this. There's something really wrong with you. All right, there you go. Thank you. Okay. Well, because this doesn't really get that big of a reaction of you uh, out of you usually. Oh, you don't. Because I've seen some of the videos oh. that you've seen, then you haven't had this reaction. The so thing I'm is, a you can't scared. ever watch it. That's the thing. I can't? You can't. You just, I mean, you shouldn't. I mean, well, look, you can in this room because, no, Sarah. everything you've always told me not to watch, I've regretted watching. See, that's the thing, right? Except People for the say, centipede thing. That didn't freak me out. Oh, the centipede thing is terrible. I still can't watch the centipede. Have you seen the centipede, Bruce? No. It's in Germany where apparently there's something really wrong in the water supply. <laughs> and there is a centipede that's about eight inches long. And it's about, I would guess, two inches across. And it's a, it's a, it's, see, and it's like a two-minute video of a centipede attacking, killing, and consuming a mouse. You don't want to watch that. Well, sounds all right to me. No, it's see, like the science it's, movies it's we really watched weird. in high school. Look at the scales off when it first starts, and it just looks like it's zoomed in on a small centipede, and you see it. And then you zoom oh. out, and you realize that, like, the centipede is the length of your arm. I mean, it's not right. Yeah, it's about... It shouldn't exist. Well, I've seen like a rattlesnake eat a mouse. Yeah, I mean, but, how see, it but it has but see, millions of little feet. That's, yeah, that's different. I mean, seeing a rattlesnake... Eat a mouse is okay because your mind is sort of, since childhood, is prepared for that because you know, you've seen snakes, you've seen mice, you know logically they hunt each other. You have never seen a, a, a centipede, A, big enough to eat a, a, a mammal, and B, even if you knew that it was possible, you certainly have never seen it. You're not, a, you're not immune, uh, you know, you're not inured to it in any way. You're not desensitized to it. Don't take my word for it. You watch it. It's hideous. It's horrible. That's not what this video is, but it is... That centipede thing is really unnerving. Um, is this video, like, bloody and gross? Well, it's the second part, anyway. That's what I'm saying. And it is not It is not a film of any illegal activity. I still want to know how in this day and age you know it's not phonied up, though. Uh, well. I mean, it's like the video that you, at one time, used to talk about being so gross, but I can't even talk about it because of the subject nature of it. Is this anymore. about the insertion of something really big yes. into something small? Yes, yes. Now, that, I do believe, we found out was fake. Yes, obviously. I well, mean, one only has to watch it to see that. Yeah, well, it was fake? The, in, the video the that guy had... with the bald head. The, that's, the, that's the head baby. That was fake? Something big, something small. Um, it, it, it's I like think... having a baby in reverse. 
Well, I wasn't really going to go that far. Well done. Well, but, she's a woman. She can right. say that. No, it's really, uh, that is, medically speaking, uh, it is the actual given. Um, okay, you go back and you watch it, and I think there's a lot of latex foam rubber business going on there. But now, do you remember the video about... Uh, All right, so I just got an email from Aaron. He said, if, did you get it from Court and Fatboy? He didn't tell me what it was about. Yeah, don't tell Sarah what it's about. He didn't. He said, if this is well, indeed the same video, it burned yeah. my eyes for 5.367 seconds. Avoid it. Yeah, no. If you're see, Aaron on only it. made it five and a half seconds through this video that I'm talking about. No, I don't want to see it. Okay, well, I'm saying, and here's the thing. Well, I have nightmares. I'm, I'm actually going to go this far. Not only will I not describe the contents of the video, but I will not on the air give instructions on how to locate it. I will not give a URL. In other words, in an on-air sense, it's going to be completely undescribed. It's going to be a complete... Uh, featureless, textureless blank on the air. So there you go. Think on that. We'll do one more here, and then we'll take a break. Come back with uh, Bruce Agler in for Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Hello, sir. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up? Uh, this is Jesse from Red Hot Pistol. Hello, sir. Hi, Jesse. Hey, so on uh, Saturday, I was working at the bar I work at, and we had to dress up for Halloween, and our new cocktail waitress was there, and she had a really good costume. She's dressed as a nun, and I asked if she had made it herself or purchased it, and... Uh, she starts telling me, she's like, oh, no, I, I, uh, I had this from before. Me and some friends had a uh, soapbox racer, and we were the Pope Mobile. Oh, was this Amanda? It was Amanda Hug and Kiss. Yes, mm. yes. That is uh, one, of, one of Sarah's many hot friends. Yes, Amanda's very hot. So <laughs> That was the entire purpose of this call. You had nothing really to offer. You simply wanted to call up and hit on Amanda over the air. Well, yeah. <laughs> well she is a single lady. Fantastic. Well, yeah, well, very nice. well done, sir. Oh, also, we're uh, we've got a show tonight. So, uh, Sarah, can we stop uh, yeah. place afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> Funny guy. Yeah. All right. Just kick, okay. just tell whatever band is there to move over. All right. I will. All right. Thank you. Bye Thanks. now. All right. That's funny. I'm sorry I stepped in this punchline there. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Bruce Hagler, are you preparing news for us? We are more than prepared. Fantastic. I uh, have two hours of news for you. Excellent. We'll come back after this. We will begin the AM 970 noon news hour. Coming up later on, uh, we'll talk to uh, Rachel McGrath, Henry Rollins in the 2 o'clock hour, and the glorious bastard of the week. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. All right, so God bless Bridget from upstairs. Uh, so here's what we now have, as she's put it, for the poor soul uh, who chooses to try to endure this video. Does Bridget see the video? No. No, and Court and Fatboy tried to make Becca uh, KUFO Promotions watch it. And I think at about the second and a half mark, I think she, I think she actually screamed like a girl and ran from the room. So I'm just saying... Aaron only made it five and a half seconds. See, now part of you wants to watch it. Well, let of me, course the part of me wants to watch it. Let me now address that part of you, Sarah Dillon. You do not want to watch it. You don't. There are just certain things that cannot be unseen. There are certain things that no control Z will ever get rid of in your soul. Oh. That's all I'm saying. <gasps> yeah, like the Anna Nicole Smith holding her dead son picture. Wait, it was so much worse. Yeah, I've never, I, I didn't look at that. I chose so not to worse. see that. You have no idea. Yeah. Uh, here's what we have. We have a uh, PSP game, SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs Firestorm Bravo 2. Uh, a copy of Smoke and Aces with Ben Affleck on DVD and some sort of, uh, some sort of black T-shirt with a marijuana reference on the front. That's what we were able to kind of dig up. Plus, you know, 
pride and honor and esteem and so forth. Uh, all right, so we'll get some more uh, qualifiers for that here in a few. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, in the stead of Tim Riley, it's Bruce Agler. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Breaking news within the last hour. Hello. Is this actually breaking news? Well, wait, hold on a yeah. second. Well, hold on. I wasn't prepared. Oh, I didn't, know there, would, I didn't right. know there would be breaking news. Breaking right news off the, right uh, off the bat. Okay. Breaking news within the last hour. Multnomah County Sheriff Bernie Gistu. Is that how you say his name? Gistu? You're Gistu? not speaking to me, are you? Yeah. Sure. All right. Anyway, <laughs> he has broken his silence regarding that preliminary report released earlier this week, which suggests he lied to the public about decades. A decades-old sexual abuse case involving the former governor Goldschmidt. Wait, so he's. Are, are you aware of this case? Well, this was. I know that the. I know the Goldschmidt thing. That was the thing that the Willamette broke. Right, and that was you know that the Goldschmidt was uh, getting it on with some banging uh... a fourteen-year-old girl. Yeah. <laughs> I like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just can I just say this by the way, just, it's fantastic that about forty seconds into into your stint here, filling in for Tim, that you've already just sunk to our level in terms of your news lexicon. Well, we're at the home of Ed Murrow. I mean, yes, but what's better, Ed Murrow and Ed Till? Yes. What better? What better place? Okay. Yes. So anyway, just to was Goldschmidt's driver. Right. So it's assumed that oh, he I must see. have known he all that was going on. Ferried him to and fro. And he has always denied that he did. And so because he's been lying about it all these years, if he was, I should say, then that would disqualify him from being a law enforcement officer. Uh, so that's this whole this whole deal. That's uh, the basis of this whole deal. So now he's come out today and said he is going to reveal all and say uh, why he refutes the investigator's misinterpretation of evidence. And he says that the report is false and misleading, and he has especially criticized those of us in the mainstream media, especially, well, especially, especially, I think, the Tribune and the Oregonian. Yeah. Yeah. However, here's what he actually said, so see if you decide whether he actually did say anything this morning. And so maybe this doesn't count as breaking news. Even as an elected official, I am entitled to some basic due process of rights, including a fair and objective administrative process free from the taint of sensationalized reporting. So today, I respectfully decline to answer any questions it's, relating to this pending administrative is matter. Busy focusing on being free from taint. So that was this, that was this morning's big news conference. Uh, he was going to reveal all, and he said he will refuse to answer any questions. Well, that's great. Uh, all right. Uh, Oregon's own Springfield is overrun with gnomes. Yes, a number of gnomes have taken sanctuary at the Springfield Police Station. You know what's weird? Can I just say this? Uh, in in my head, you sound like almost a perfect hybrid of Dave Paul and Bob McNabb. I don't know why that is. It's sort of taken me out of the... Well, I take that as a real compliment. No, it is. No, it's, 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 it's a fine thing to be told. It's just kind of taken me out of the moment because I keep thinking how you are some weird buttery blend of the two. Has anybody so, heard from Bob, by the way? I have no... I am assuming Bob McNabb uh, is just off uh, carrying a broadsword around. And wearing we should have him somewhere. in here today. I don't know. I think Bob... Bob is officially retired. Uh, well, he was officially retired ten years ago. I will I say this: round him up. When I went to Scotland uh, last month, uh, there was again not to, not to say that all the Scots look alike, but when I was on, uh, I was taken like a bus at one point to uh, from Inverness to Loch Ness, and the guy who was our bus driver actually. Uh, it looked and talked a staggering amount like Bob McNabb. Uh, he just had that. It was very much the same cadence. I don't know whether it is like a Scottish thing. I mean, obviously Bob's not from Scotland, but maybe, maybe his family is. I don't know if it's like some sort of thing that's particular to that uh, culture, sort of cadence and a delivery that they have. What do you think I have then? 
Well, you know what it is? I'm, I'm one-fourth Scottish myself. It's the way that you inflect. Your inflections are a lot like Bob McNabb, who was, in fact, the, the first news guy in the show way back when. So. Yes. All right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, that's We're right. Back to the gnomes. Overrun by gnomes. I don't think Bob McNabb has anything to do with gnomes. No, probably not. You're aware of what a garden gnome is, right? It's like the little porcelain thing that what's-his-name breaks in the full Monty outside the window while the guy's doing the job interview. Something like that. Somebody yes. apparently collected 75 lawn ornaments from around town. Now, again, we're talking about Springfield, Oregon. And then on the night of October 17th, placed them meticulously on and around the lawn of just one house. Among the plastic and porcelain geese, deer, and frogs, see, it wasn't all gnomes. There were also gnomes, such as a weather gnome outfitted with a rain gauge. So police are trying to find the rightful owners. We need to get them out of here, Captain Richard Harris. Did he said. say it that angrily? Exactly what he said. Did he say it with like a weird sort of curious rage to his voice? Every time I leave my office, they're sitting in my chair Why? working on my computer. I can't seem to get rid of the darn things. That's what the captain said. And then the shooting began. Hi, sir. How you doing over there? Oh, by the way, there'll Bruce be a, is freaking me out. There'll be a public viewing on Tuesday of the gnomes. Of the gnomes. All right. If if you come and can identify it, we're more than happy to let the gnome go home. He There's said that too. No place like gnome. No place like gnome. Uh, if they aren't picked up, the gnomes will be sold at auction. Well, gnomes are that thing. This is, I mean, it's almost become a cliche at this point. Gnomes are those things that people always pick up, and then they'll travel them all around the world and take pictures of them in exotic locales. Well, that was a, like a travelocity that was commercial, a, yeah. Well, but it was based on a, on a real phenomenon. It was a thing that sort of happened for a while in the 80s, that some guy's garden gnome would vanish. Uh, and it's weird to think that there is a factory somewhere that does nothing but make garden gnomes. Kind of like how there's a factory somewhere that does nothing but make pink flamingos. You just don't ever really... That ought to be an episode of How It's Made. They ought to do like a... Or John Ratzenberger on the, that Made in America show. They ought to do some visit to a pink flamingo factory at some point. Maybe the guy with the bad jobs show. I, I love that show. A, Mike yeah, Rowe, a great show. I love that guy. He did a great... There's an episode of Bad Jobs. Can I just say this? We are living in a golden age of uh, sort of pop culture documentary television. Because they are, like the Discovery Channel and the Learning Channel and the Travel Channel, they have all of these shows, which I guess you could kind of, the great thing about it is, about those shows like How It's Made and Made in America and Dirty Jobs and Mythbusters, is you come out of those shows no smarter than you were before, but you can sort of lie to yourself and say that it's educational programming, kind of like the guy who lies and says that the taco salad is in fact a salad, that it's health food. You watch, uh, uh, you know, Mythbusters. I was watching Mythbusters the other night. What do they do? They, they, they were... They were doing myths from the movies, and so they were actually recreating the end of Jaws, where Roy Scheider puts a bullet into the scuba air tank and the shark explodes. And so they just did a whole 22 minutes of, like, different calibers, different size air tanks, constructing fake sharks, and just blowing up tanks inside the mouths of fake sharks to see if it was real. And I'm sitting on the sofa just stuffing Pringles into my mouth and thinking to myself, I'm so glad there's educational programming on television. And you could just absolutely lie to yourself and let yourself believe that you are becoming smarter by the minute. It's a great time to be alive. Mythbusters has become such a big deal that Hollywood is now stealing back from Mythbusters. The, the, the whole plot line of, a C, of CSI about two weeks ago, they, they did... The Mythbusters, and use the exact same technology that the Mythbusters guys did uh, about whether a motorcyclist could get his head blown off if he was next to a truck when the tire blew. Oh, that's fantastic. And they actually used the exact same, you know, the G Gus Grissom there right. in Las Vegas devised the same machine that the Mythbusters well, guys devised. It, 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 CSI kind of steals from everywhere, too. I know that CSI more than once, and I'm not like a big CSI fan, but I've seen CSI a few times, and more than oh, once. I love that show. Yeah, yeah, it's a great show. I've tuned in, and at one of these days, you, that is a show that i got to catch up on sometimes. Some one of these days, I'm just going to sit down at, over, like, the, the course of a few weekends and try to catch, you know, get the entire CSI run done. Um 
but they 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 put a lot of urban legends into their show too. You know, like the thing about the. Uh, you know, the scuba diver found in a tree after the forest fire or whatever, you know, that I saw that was on an episode of it. So those guys are great. They've, you know, a Homicide first started doing that, and the CSI has yeah. really taken that ball and run with it. CSI is great. CSI Miami is pretty good. CSI New York, not so much. Uh, let me just take it. Is that the one with... Um... Jesus. Isn't there CSI Vegas? <laughs> well, that's, C- that's CSI. That's the regular CSI? Yeah. Okay. Is that, which is the one with David Caruso? That's Miami. Oh, okay. God, his one-liners just kill me. Oh, he's terrible. He's a terrible actor. So bad. He yeah, was that, never that good. That show is pretty good. It's not as good as regular CS. He was never good. He was never even, you know, uh, look, and I know that I'm a lone voice in the crowd on this, but David Caruso was never even good on NYPD Blue. It's just that he has one, he, he only has one delivery and one way of acting, and they just wrote NYPD Blue around his one delivery. Right. He just stands there and sort of broods. Yeah, and that's why, that's why he seemed great on NYPD Blue, because they wrote to his strengths. And you could tell as soon as he started doing, you know, like Jade and whatnot. Uh, there was, I mean, not like anybody looks good in Jade. Uh, but you could tell that, 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 that he just had no, that was just zero. Just nothing there. So, uh, all right. So we've got um, this uh, email says, Rick, about this video. Will this video, wa- uh, will watching this video require an empty stomach? Or will it just destroy your soul? Uh, I would say yes uh, and yes. Yes, for both of those. Don't eat lunch before you come down. Also, yes, it will destroy your soul, your heart, your brain. Um, Rick, I would love to participate in your video endurance test. Let me know. I have tomorrow off, so after watching whatever you've got, I'll have the afternoon to hide under my covers and weep. Um, all right, take a bucket. So we're, uh, if you uh, would like to participate in this, I was talking to Susan Reynolds upstairs about it. Here's what we're going to do. We will take some applicants. Uh, I'd like to do this today. It may actually go into tomorrow, uh, depending on whether or not anybody today sort of successfully navigates the entire video. So uh, if you'd like to participate in this, uh, what we'll do is just uh, do me a favor. Call this number. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. And what we'll do is, Richie, let's amass. You've got a couple in there already. Let's get it up to, like, I don't know, uh, seven or eight folks that are interested, and then we'll randomly pick two of them. And we'll have two folks come down today. So they, but you got to be able to do it today, like around one o'clock or so. So it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventeen. So we've got this uh, kind of a pile of stuff over here. For uh, we'll take a a random couple of people, bring them in, and if you can make it all the way through the video uh, to the end, you'll uh, you'll win this pile of stuff. Here's uh, Bruce Agler in the stead of Tim Riley. Are you familiar with the town of Wood Village? Do you know where that is? Is that a euphemism for something? No, it's a, it's a town. No. If you're heading out. 84 towards the gorge. Isn't right that where like, you... the outlets are? It, no, that's, Maybe. that's Troutdale. If you're going towards the also gorge, burn. Wood Village is where the Walmart is, along I-84. Is it by, uh... no, I got no. Wood Village is where the Greyhound Park used to be. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I do know where that is. All, All right. right. Well, observant employees at the Papa Murphy's in Wood Village helped capture East County's most wanted bandit yesterday. You know, bandit's not really a word you hear a lot anymore. You hear, like, thief, hooligan, thug, criminal. My friend's well, dog's name is Bandit. Really? I admit I stole it from the Oregonian. Bandit does sort of, the bandit is sort of a quaint sort of a... So th- thank you to Brad Bandit. Brad Schmidt in the Oregonian for the word bandit. Thank you, Brad. I, I guess, anyway, surveillance Thanks photos so released earlier by the police show that this guy has robbed at least six businesses in the past week. He uh, only hits pizza places and tanning salons. Do you have any idea why somebody would want to hit pizza places and tanning salons? Wait, hold on. It seems like there ought to be a funny answer here somewhere. Pizza places, tanning salons. Uh, no. 
All right. Well, I was hoping you'd, you'd have. Oh, wait. Uh, no, so there's no resolution now? I never get to know? <laughs> well, I don't I know why you he were going to reveal some sort of. I, this is like a guy. I thought it was going to be like an Encyclopedia Brown thing. At oh, the you end, they have a lot of cash? Yeah, that you'd like turn over the story at the end and go, because well, Sally realized. Well, let's explore it some more. He's hit the Papa Murphy's in Woods Village twice. This was the second time. Uh, Figaro's Pizza in Troutdale. The Cabana Tan in Fairview. Do now, you, you know where he's getting tanning places now. Is he a white man? Uh, he looks like it. Maybe he's, he's trying. He, he looks kind of like that. Uh, Maybe he's trying to change his appearance. The, the, that guy that you had on your website for a long time. Maybe he's uh, Marshall Bickford. He looks a little bit like. Oh, know, Mitchell like, Bickford. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I'm. Perhaps he was trying to alter his appearance and to, to look uh, to look less cracker-like. That's just a theory. I don't know. Anyway, he really? actually hit the same Papa Murphy's on Monday. He caught the employees off guard on that day, but they were ready for him when he came back on Thursday. They saw him sitting on a bench looking around, then he came into the store. He was actually sitting outside, you know, and they say, isn't that the guy that robbed us the other night? <laughs> this looks exactly like the guy who violated that 92-year-old corpse the other day. Oh, well, I don't know that we'll attribute any more crimes no, to him. No, I'm not but... saying he did it, but I'm saying maybe they know each other somehow. Maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're friends socially. So according to Deputy Travis Goldberg of the Multnomah County Sheriff's Office, uh, this time the employees chased after him and got a good vehicle description and called it right into the cop. Fantastic. All right. All right. Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter. You already oh, talked okay, about wait, how you on. don't like him. No, well, I uh, look. You never. It's not like he. Uh, you know, it's not like he ever came by and took the last piece of pizza or anything. I just. Well, I don't, now you're backing off because you're afraid he's going to come. I'm saying I don't know anything about him except what I have seen on television. But I. Somebody calling. That's on the not phone? me. Hello. That was Richie. I think just now. Oh, uh, wrong side, Richie. No, there's no line picked up. Is that the? Is Bruce's computer up? Yeah. Rosie, you dialing not, something it's not on your me. No, no, I'm not touching it. Promise. Okay. Well, Dog the Bounty Hunter, his show has been suspended. Suspended? Or did they just uh, stop producing new episodes? You know, this is... It's well, ne- I don't know about that. They're never going to put it back. You know, they're never the going to reinstate it. Yeah, so this is like the second time, because remember, he got arrested in Mexico, right. and they wouldn't let him out of the country. Right. And, you know, I've never actually seen this guy's show. I, lo- I watched the other Bounty Hunter show, the one on HBO. Right. And that guy was good, and then they canceled that one, and I never got into that. He just... Again, I mean... I, I do, as I as I said earlier in the program, I do believe uh, that for whatever reason, the camera, uh, when it's on somebody for a long time, I do believe you get a good sense of people by watching them on television. And I know that's counterintuitive, because people believe that the television uh, lies and that there's, you know, whatever, trickery and editing and whatever. And I suppose that you can edit content and juxtapose content to maybe try to cast people in a certain way. But I think when you watch television, I do think you get a good sense of someone's personality, how they behave. And it's... What Does is that, that look like a bad person on television? Totally. Alex Evil. And a slut. And a slut. No, no. See, no, you didn't. You seemed like sunshine and light. You seemed like sunshine and light, but not... I wonder if we look... Not, like, not terribly, terribly bright. Sh- not well. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say... Uh, not terribly bright. Well, fast. I think Sarah looked bright on point. I was going to yeah. say, you looked smart. You looked like you were, you know, really trying to do a good job. But I also looked like I was a news reporter from 1997. You, you kind of looked oh, like... I wouldn't say that. The clothes. You sometimes no. did kind of look like, like you were sort of going... You know, how, how do I make more out of this than, like, what? how am I supposed to work within these boundaries? Oh, yeah, when there's nothing going on, it, you know, I might have to be there at 5.30 yeah. in the morning, and I'm doing a traffic report, and I have to fill in three minutes. And yeah, you, you did always look like, why am I here? It was sort of like because you're doing the traffic, and the traffic sometimes doesn't change. And it's like you're having to make, you know, the same traffic report that you've read 50 times before that morning seem interesting. I do not miss that. And you're, you know, and it's like how many, especially in radio, when it's basically just an excuse to read a spot. I haven't seen you on TV. I've seen your movies, though. You don't, yeah. seem, you don't seem evil. No, I don't seem evil, but I don't seem like I can act either. 
<laughs> in my movies, I seem like a guy who's without talent. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen you on TV. The only I can remember is the is the 10 second ad we had with you on it with the very creepy picture of you. I don't even remember that. Yeah, you don't remember there the 10 an second ad? ad we, yeah, we on ran on we were, no on K2. We ran ads on you know because they had to give but us I free mean, advertising. For, for, the K, for the K2K yeah, for the K2K show. K2K I don't remember show. that at all. Oh, you huh. could remember you hated the ad because it was only like five seconds long, and so it just had the clip. Uh, guys prefer Marianne to Ginger. And then it's a, you know, listen to Rick Emerson weekdays at noon. Yeah, I'm sure it was wonderful. And uh, they had this weird, uh-huh. creepy picture of you. Yeah, well, I, I don't photograph well. Was it the one with the um, with the flowy shirt and the long no, hair? No, that was like, because that would have been with the syndicated show. This was even before the syndicated. That's great. Yeah, I love that. that now, 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 talk about a guy who takes a strange picture. The, 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 the Fabio-like pictures that they took of him for the syndicated. <laughs> Let's never talk about that again. All right, back to Dog the Bounty Hunter, the cable channel A&E oh, has suspended production. So my point is, oh. I'm just not to know, but my, my, my point, though, just because it's going to be borne out by this, is just that you watch him on television, and he just seems like an a-hole. He just, you know, and just, I hate to keep using that term, uh, redneck, because it means everything and nothing all at once, but he just seems like any number of hicks that I grew up with, which were one of the, you know, just one of those guys in my hometown that you never wanted to be like, and was, the, and that was one of the primary motivations for leaving. Well, let's see if your suspicions are borne out. Uh, apparently, Dwayne the Dog Chapman was said to have been overheard expressing racial insults overheard. in two recorded phone calls, directing his racist hatred at his son Tucker's girlfriend. So this is him uh, leaving a voicemail, I think, to the son. To the I, son, I believe yeah. this voicemail is to the son. So that was the copy found. About, well, no one knows. They won't say, I mean, I'm not saying it was the son or perhaps the girlfriend who might have the voicemail uh, password. Oh. But this is left on his son's, I mean, and if this, this seal, I don't mean to keep teasing it, but this seals it. The fact that you would leave this for your son about the, the woman he presumably loves. Uh, so he's leaving this to the son about the son's black girlfriend. I'm not taking a chance on some mother I don't care if she's a Mexican, a whore, whatever. It's not because she's black. It's because we use the word niggers sometimes here. I'm not going to take a chance ever in life of losing everything I've worked for for 30 years because some nigger heard us say nigger and turned us into the Enquirer magazine. Our career is over. <sighs> if Leeds was dating a nigger, we would all say, f*** you. And you know that. If Lisa brought the black guy home, yeah, that. And it's not that they're black. It's none of that. It's that we use the word We don't mean you fucking scum without a soul. We don't mean that shit. But America would think we mean that. Yes, we would. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye now. Oh, he is so screwed. Yes. It was unclear who recorded the conversation or how the tabloid, the National Enquirer, obtained the one and a half minute Owned. All right. Let's hear that one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the bounty hunter. I'm not taking a chance on some mother I don't care if she's a Mexican, a whore, whatever. It's not because she's black. No, of course it's not. It's because we use the word nigger sometimes here. I'm not going to take a chance ever in life of losing everything I've worked for for 30 years because some nigger heard us say nigger and turned us into the Enquirer magazine. Our career is over. If Leeds was dating nigger, we would all say fuck you. And you know that. What a prize. If Lisa brought the black guy home, yeah, that. And it's not that they're black. It's none of that. It's that we no. use the word We don't mean you fucking scum without a soul. We don't mean that shit. But America would think we mean that. Well, that's a guy you don't have to worry about anymore. He's 
He's finished. And he said the huge thing about, like, you know, avoiding a jail, like, jail time and stuff. Totally. Well, he just, that's the thing is he just skirted disaster once because they because he didn't end up going. They were trying to put him in the clink after that thing where they found him in Mexico, right? Right, yeah, he was in the clink in Mexico. So, F that guy. He's done. Fantastic. In a statement, the 54-year-old Chapman says he has the utmost respect and aloha for black people who have suffered so much due to racial discrimination and, aloha? and acts of hatred. Well, he's in Hawaii. Yeah. I do believe that he... Uh, I'm not trying to make a joke here. I'm sorry and hello. I <laughs> I have the greatest I have the greatest sympathy and hello for for black people everywhere. That doesn't make any sense. That's, I'm just gonna start throwing hello into random. Sentences. I have the greatest respect and guten tag for all of my black friends. Um, you know what's great about this is this guy and Fred Phelps in less than 24 hours, and that idiot uh, representative in Washington who's not gay. Man, in like 36 hours, there's three of these guys have gotten hosed. Well, what do you want from a guy from the center? <sighs> really, honestly, that is true. That's fantastic. I love it when bad things happen to bad people. Wonderful. Well done. And you know it was either, I mean, my, my, this is my speculation here. My opinion only is protected by the First Amendment. You know it was either the kid or the girlfriend. Oh, if, not, if not both. And they knew who they knew exactly who to call. They called the inquirer. Hello, inquirer. Yeah, I'm looking at the definition of aloha. It uses a traditional greeting or farewell, and that's it. Uh, well, I, it, it might be correct actually if he's bidding farewell to his quote many black friends. I think quote. he's bidding farewell to his career. <laughs> Bye. The best part here is when he's talking about I'm not going to ruin my whole career because America would crucify us. Yes, done and done. Fantastic. Ooh. Yeah. That's great. We're going to play that more later on today so I can revel in his failure. All right. Uh, well, we got some time here. Let's do it. Okay. More. Well, I have a gross story coming up. Excellent. By the way, can I just tell you, this is this is how well Bruce knows the show. Uh, is the Bruce was sitting in the, there preparing, preparing for the news hour because uh, Tim's gone today. And, um, and Bruce was like, hey, do you already have this story about this woman with no feet or whatever it was? And... You know, so you really are aware of what sells on the Rick. Oh, I I know it works on the Rick. You know what's here. I was there at the beginning, my friend. Excellent. I was there before you were. No, it is. No, it is. It it, it is you who is responsible for whatever whatever horror uh, this program has become. I I don't know if I take any credit for it. I just was there. Okay. Uh, But I want to ask you a question before I read the gross story because the gross story is from Canada and was written by a Canadian uh, news writer. So uh, you know all about things Canadian and English, I know. So I want to ask you, why is it that in England and in Canada, and I assume all the colonies except us, why is it that people say in hospital instead of in the hospital? Or I don't in know. The same, in Russia, in Russia too, they they uh, you know they drop their articles like that. Although, do you, you speak know, Russian? I mean, how do you know they drop their articles? Because I, because I know because I am I'm a fan of linguistics. Uh, but I know they drop the articles in Russia. Although it might actually be more correct to say that because our language derives from that to say that we have added right, we, an article because you know we will say in college. Right. I mean, we do say in college. He's in college. We do say like in Canada. We don't say in the Canada. Right. So it's, it's like the hospital is a proper noun, but it's, but then they don't capitalize it. It, it. it seems like we, it seems like we have added an article as opposed to them dropping one. That well, would be my guess. I'm not an etymologist. All right. Well, here is the story. Toronto man struck in eye by police taser. Fantastic. Well, we do that. We write stuff that way. Well, yeah, that's not the part that has the in hospital. Okay. No, no uh, the best part is struck in uh, eye by taser. Yes, I, I will read the story in the Canadian style. A man is in hospital and may lose one of his eyes after being hit by a police taser over the weekend in Toronto. Wonderful. The province's special investigations unit has, called, has been called in to review the incident. Frank Phillips, the spokesman for SIU, wonder if that's like... Uh, CSI. Anyway, SIU was called to the scene of a domestic dispute in St. Clair 
On Saturday morning, the man who left the scene was confronted by police along St. Clair Avenue. The male was quite agitated and had been drinking. The officers on the scene requested a sergeant attend the scene, and after further interaction with this gentleman, the sergeant deployed the taser. One of the probes, unfortunately, struck the man in the eye. <laughs> I'm sorry, unfortunately. That's... And we're treating this as a serious injury. Yes. Well, because those things can penetrate two inches of clothing. Now, your eye is not as strong, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not like your eye's made out of leather or anything. So, I would imagine that doesn't just strike you in the eye. I would imagine that strikes you through the eye, well, out yeah. the back of the eye. The, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation has decided to add a little bit of clarity to this. The taser's hook-like prongs embedded <laughs> in the man's eye and then delivered a blast of electricity. <laughs> That's the worst day ever. <laughs> That's not just being bumped in the eye by something pointy. The hook-like prongs embedded themselves in the man's eye. And then delivered a blast of electricity. And then delivered a blast of electricity. Can you uh, hand that over here? I'm going to put that into the hopper for a second. Oh, I, just, I did find out what SIU is. It's a unit that's called in anytime there's a serious injury to a civilian involving the police. You so. think? All right, there you go. I'm going to put that over here with the pet spider. We'll do that uh, here in a while. That's great. Uh, Richie Bristol, can you please uh, entree, as they say. Um, entree, Vilkeman, whatever it is, that thing. Um Oh, and by the way, speaking of all that, uh, speaking of uh, Vilkeman, Guten Tag, whatever, tomorrow, Storm Large, and do we know Wade McCollum? Is, do we know if he's coming in? He is. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Storm Large and Wade McCollum from Cabaret uh, will be uh, here in the studio with us. Also, Aaron Geek in the City, Duran. Richie Bristol, grab yourself a microphone there, my friend. All right, so have you been taking um, uh, entries from folks who wish to come in and view the horrific video? Yes. Okay. Have you been teaching them all to do the splits? Have you been offering to give them all language lessons? Or was it just Penelope? Just Penelope? All right. So how many do we have? We said to get, what, six, seven, something like that? Yep. Okay. So what we need to do is this. Uh, I will let you, I will trust you to do it randomly and fairly. <laughs> I'm going to stay out here so I have plausible deniability. Um, to select uh, two folks to come in in the 1 o'clock hour, if they're able to do it. I bet uh, I know one of them. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm going to let Richie do it. And, you know, if Penelope's one of those people, Richie, I, that's between you and your God and the church of your choice. I cannot, uh, I'm not going to tell you how to select. But also, if you want a chance with Penelope, remember she's going to be seeing a very hideous video. She's going to be seeing a video, and she won't want to have contact with human beings ever again. She'll never, ever, ever. She won't ever want to leave her house again after this. Uh, so we'll, and then we get to, uh, two folks to come in, one o'clock, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll flip a coin. One of them will go first. You know, if they make it all the way through, they win the pile of stuff. You know, and the other person gets a hearty hello. Uh, if they don't make it, then the other person gets a chance uh, for the pile of stuff. If they can make it all the way to the end of the video. Okay. Okay. Now I'm thinking now as part of this, and Sarah, tell me what you think about this. Okay. As part of this, I'm thinking, because Lord knows I don't want to subject you know Bruce to this. Um, they're going to be there in Tim's in Tim's chair, looking at Tim's computer. Okay. Tim, if, by the way, Tim, if you are listening, this will not be used. Your login will not be used for this. This will this will not be. It will not say like T T Riley or whatever in the login. Um, now, I mean, I guess we'll be able to tell from our angle over here if they are in fact watching the screen. You know. Yeah. I mean, I guess we have their... We'll have to have the... Well, we can, to, I mean, we'll... Or you could we'll uh, position somebody behind them. That's what I'm saying. Well, you, behind them to, by somebody... If you've seen the whole thing, shouldn't you stand I behind? haven't seen the whole thing. I've seen eight seconds of it. I bailed out at the eight-second mark. I made it two seconds longer How than Aaron. How do you Aaron. know that the second half's all bloody, then? I didn't say it was bloody. I thought you said it was bloody. You said, is it bloody and disgusting? And I said the second half. Oh, okay. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Meaning it's okay. not bloody. I don't believe there's any blood at all, actually. Um... So either um, you know, either, Richie, either you can do that, or um, 
Tim Ryan is going to stop in later. We might have him do it as well. So who knows? We'll have somebody. But you know, or we could just ask you know trust Richie him to be honorable. Like he'd be faced. Richie, can you handle? Uh, do you have a strong stomach? Yes. Should we show it to him no. first? Oh, that's a good yeah, idea. Let's show it to him now. That's a really good idea. We could we could have Richie watch it first, sort of give it to give it to Mikey. He doesn't like anything, kind of a thing. Yeah, Richie seems unfazable. I don't know. All right. Well, here's what we're gonna <laughs> do. We'll take a break. During this break, uh, select two of the aforementioned uh, qualifiers. Uh, they got to be able to come in at one o'clock though, and then we'll have them come down, and uh, we'll flip a coin when they get here, and blah blah blah, and all that stuff. So we'll we'll do that and uh, so forth. We'll continue with Bruce Hagler instead of Tim Riley after the break. To the AM nine seventy noon news hour. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. This does sort of uh, not beg the question, because I know that's technically inaccurate. Well, it does demand the question. How are we going to deal with the audience inevitably demanding to see, or at least have the option of seeing whatever it is we're going to make these folks watch next hour? It's There's, not illegal in any way. It's not illegal. Well, is it on, I mean, is it on the YouTube? Doesn't involve children. No, there are no, no. There is. A, it is not. Uh, there's no one underage. It is not a film of an illegal act. Is it on YouTube? You know, I don't know the answer to that. It's not, there's a website where, that I. That's where Fat Boy first showed it to me. There's a website actually devoted to it. Um. So. Uh, is it any kind of um, bodily function? Well, everything's a bodily function of some kind, Sarah. Mm, I, again, as I said, I will not in any way elaborate on the content of this video. Except to say that, again, yeah, it is not, to my knowledge, uh, a depiction of any illegal activity. Um, so that, That's uh, good, because I'm just imagining in my head the FBI agents coming. So you got this video from a Mr. Fatboy. <laughs> yeah, no, I can tell you. And it's, Fatboy, yes, we met in a parking garage next to Hal Holbrook. Um, so anyway, uh, but just only because there's, and the only reason I say that is not because any worry about the content of the video as such. Only because there's no disclaimer long enough. I mean, really, there's no, there's no disclaimer strong enough or harsh enough that I could write if I were to post this on my, on my own website, which I might. I might later on after the show. I mean, I don't have time to do it now because it really would acquire a long paragraph full of, you know, like, I do hereby acknowledge that what I'm about to view is, is wrong. Wrong in every way. Uh, we should say that during the break, we uh, selected a couple of names, and Sarah actually... And I picked them. We, uh, we had four names crumpled up. Attention, detractors. We narrowed it down to four finalists. Richie randomly narrowed it to four finalists. Of the four finalists, Sarah Dillon actually did the picking randomly. Uh, we have a guy named Mark and Penelope. Penelope. And it was quite random. I witnessed but Richie said random was very drive. excited. Richie was excited, but we he should keep also... talking about this to make him feel as awkward as possible, so when she gets here... It's I like, bet she's really, really hot. You know that Richie kind of smells today? Does he smell? He does. Like what? Like filth. He doesn't. No, he's a clean man. Shh. I'm trying to take him out. Oh. Ah, never mind. Yeah, that's really just mean. That is mean. <laughs> you said that you said we should make him feel as. Yeah, but don't be like, you oh, he stinks and he's ugly. Throw me under the bus. You're the one who. You know what you are? You're that girl who says, let's. You're that girl who says, let's. See, he's spraying himself. Oh, my God. He brought his body spray. You're the girl who says, let's cut class. And then when I do it, you don't show up at the mall because you're back in class. Let's make Richie feel bad. He smells. You're a jerk. Here's Bruce Agler. See, body spray. He does the splits. I don't Why know. does he carry body spray? I don't know, him? but it looked like a woman's chest. You have a woman's yeah, chest. A woman's chest. No, the bottle was shaped like a upper torso. Upper. Here's well, Tim Riley. Well, what do you want I'm from sorry. a what do you want from a guy who does the splits? I what, suppose. Let's do a bush watch. Uh, here's your bush watch for uh, 
Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio He's Program. We all have to. That's my buzz. Life is hard. That's the price of fame. When you're president, everyone knows your name. Hey, what's that there? It's my buzz. I can't believe he's actually in the White House. That's our mound. That's my buzz. Terrorists aim to build a totalitarian Islamic empire. So says President Bush when he spoke to the Conservative Heritage Foundation in D.C. last night. These extremists say there can be no compromise or dialogue with those they call infidels, a category that includes America, the world's free nation, Jews, and all Muslims who what? reject their extreme vision. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, dog the bounty hunter. Did, did you catch it when Dennis Miller this morning was saying he really likes it when the Bush gets his words all tangled up because it makes liberals so crazy? Yeah. Well, you know that, I mean, I actually have wondered about that. I've wondered if they have... I actually you think do. he does it on your own? That school thinks he does it on purpose. I don't then. think he does it on purpose as such, but I have wondered. I don't want to get off this is well-traveled territory, Bush and nuclear. But, I mean, I do wonder how that power dynamic works. Does someone sit him down and go, look, it's nuclear, and you sound like a tool? Or is it one of those... He's the president, and nobody's going to tell him he's wrong. Like, it, would it be yeah, disrespectful? I think it's probably that, but I, I thought you were going along the line that this was actually no, some grand plan, no, that in fact he actually speaks like uh, not nearly. Like, like Sir John Gielgud, and, and instead comes out there and does this uh, shucks thing. No, I don't I don't. I mean, I've heard so, people I mean, say that, that they think he's actually, if you yeah, sit down yeah, and talk to him, it's a criminal like, mastermind, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. No, it's not that. I think that, I mean, uh, I don't think he's a terribly bright guy when it comes to speaking, but I think... I'll say this. I don't think Bush deliberately says nuclear to make me angry, but I will say that if he knows on some level it irritates people, he just doesn't put a lot of effort into changing his, the way he speaks. He just doesn't put a lot of effort into polishing. But, but then Dennis, though, Dennis Miller has this thing that he believes that Bush is up the ante by actually now mangling another word when he says nuclear peninsula. Right. So he believes that it's actually like double the irritation for your value. Yeah. Well, and however he did say it, he did say that his actions in the global war on terror have helped liberate millions of people from the clutches of tyranny. In Afghanistan and Iraq, he vows to remain on the offense until this threat to civilization has been removed. Does that mean he's going to stick around past... Uh, we can only hope. Please, uh, Bush said the U.S. cannot win this war by wishing Terrorists it away. Terrorists stated their objectives. They intend to build a totalitarian Islamic empire encompassing all current and former Muslim lands stretching from Europe to North Africa, the Middle East, and Southeast Asia. Uh-huh. All right. I love hearing him say totalitarian. I love it when he... Well, did he say... Did he refer in that first summit to America as being the world's only free country? Or the world's free... These extremists say there can be no compromise or dialogue with those they call infidels, a category that includes America, the world's free nation... Jews, and all Muslims who reject their extreme vision. Actually, I'm not sure what he would say. I don't even know how to diagram this sentence. <laughs> the world's free nation, Jews. Is Jews a new country? I, I'm, I, I'm think, country he, I, think, I think he just left the My S off of free nations. and then, yeah. <laughs> But I thought Israel was a free nation, too, so I, I don't know. Please... Pleased to be meeting my pleased to be meeting my my boyfriend Larry. He is from Jews. Maybe this really is a grand plan here. Maybe maybe, maybe Carl Rove is back there and you know maybe, maybe. perhaps. All right, that's hey, your Carl bush Rove watch. Is the man behind the curtain? He's the watch. president. Resident. He's kind of in charge. He's got the whole country saying that's my bush. 
always want to sing along to that song. That's a fantastic, you know, that show, that show's out on DVD, and it's a great idea. It's a much better idea than actually it is a program. Um, but those guys do get points for at least over. They swung, they missed big, but they swung big with that show. Now, was that going to be, was it going to be, I know they they had a version of it for Gore if he won. Was it going to be just, gore. that's my Gore? Yeah, I believe it was? so. I don't, know if, I, don't know if, I don't know what it was going to be called. I do believe it was going to be called... It might not have been called That's My Gore. Yeah, but I mean, that they, really make they, sense. But That's I know they gore. had two scripts ready. They had two pilots ready, one for Bush and one for Gore. Uh, also, the original pilot uh, for That's My Bush, which never aired, and I haven't seen it, but I've read the script for it. Uh, the It's on the Internet. It's floating around. The, the, the script for the original That's My Bush, which is actually much more... Um, I hate the word edgy, but it, you know it's much more risque than the one that aired. And the one that even aired, if you, I don't know if you all remember this, and I don't mean to be crude, but in the uh, the pilot episode for That's My Bush, I do believe centered around the abortion debate, and I am fairly sure, I swear to you, that this is what I remember happening, that the end of the That's My Bush pilot episode ended with a fetus riding Carl Rove around like he was a horse. And it ended with some sort of a state dinner where abortion was debated, and a fetus actually leapt out of a woman, jumped on Carl Rove's back, and rode him around the living room like a pony. Now, now I think you're making all of that. I, I seem to remember that being in the pilot episode. Now, unbelievably, the scripted pilot was actually even more over the top, because it did involve a lesbian love affair between the two Bush daughters. So... And well, these, these guys were chewing magic mushrooms when they wrote this? Is that... uh, no, I think it's just, you know, it's just sort of the way that, you know, the, the Trey and Matt operate. And I think at some point, they, won't, they would never confirm this, but I do think at some point, somebody from Paramount sort of sat them down in a room and said, no, you, no, and no. I mean, look how scared Paramount got just by, you know, look how much Tom Cruise terrified them about that Scientology episode they did. Yeah. So, I mean, God only knows if you're, if, you know. Anyway, I'm just saying. So, all right. Here. I know you did this story earlier with Ed, well, but I want to bring it back because we actually have sound of one of these wackos uh, at the uh, at the at the God hates. I guess I can't say that word anymore, can I? Church. But, well, you know, uh, the name of the church. So. Well, I will say. I mean, I'll say it, even though we typically do not use this word on the air because not because of any. It's the same reason we bleep the so-called N-word in the dog, the bounty hunter voicemail. We don't have to. I mean, right. you don't have to. And, of course, the perverse thing about the FCC is is that I could use ethnic and racial slurs all day long. You know, government's fine with that. It's just that I find the word repellent uh, myself. And you know what? If somebody wants to say I'm PC or whatever, that's fine. You get your own show, say whatever you want. Uh, so we bleep a lot of stuff we don't have to just because I think we all find it off-putting. So that being said... Uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, they are most known and notorious uh, for being the proprietors of the website and slogan, God Hates Fags. That's right. And GodHatesFags.com is their website. That is why everybody, uh, you know those guys. Yeah, that's, well, that, I that's, remember looking that up because when that dude died, we were looking to see if they are going to protest. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you know, so that's, I mean, let's just call it, call it what it is. That's what, that's what everybody knows them for because they are the nitwits that run that website. So, so as we heard earlier... A Baltimore jury awarded the family of Marine Lance Corporal Matthew Snyder nearly $11 million in damages because these folks show up at funerals and protest them, saying that uh, U.S. soldiers are being killed because America loves homosexuals. Uh, One of the members of the church, though, says the ruling will not stop the protests. We are so happy. We got a new sign. They're working on it as we speak. It says, thank God for $10.9 million. Don't you understand? I told you at the beginning of this, it's going nowhere. This is a nothing. Crazy. Oh, Oh, my God. Oh, that was Shirley, too. Yeah, she's usually the spokesperson. How come they're not killed? Yeah, Shirley Phelps. That's uh, Sarah who's wondering that. We're wondering that in a journalistic sense. Yes, I mean. Wondering uh, as reporters. 
first. Because I'm just saying in a, in a um, hypothetical situation, if one of those people showed up at, at somebody that I cared about oh, at the funeral, I'm, I'm amazed that they haven't. I would cut their head off. <laughs> Hypothetically, Hypothetically speaking. speaking. Excellent. Um, no, I no. I'll no. Look, I'll say this. It's like I asked Roop when I asked Roop about O.J. Simpson one time, and I said flat out, like, just as a journalist, as an observer, I said, "Aren't you amazed somebody hasn't taken a shot at O.J. Simpson?" And he said, oh, "I'm stunned." Uh, he said he's amazed that nobody's tried to off him. I don't advocate that. It would be wrong. But same with these guys. I mean, especially well, you know those 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 guys, those biker guys. This is actually really great. Those freedom riders, I think they're called, or patriot riders, whatever they are. There are these bikers now that now show up at military funerals because uh, the Fred Phelps guys have to stay, what, it's like 50 feet away or something. There's some, there's some, some distance, some yeah. thing. But they have to stay 50 feet away, and they go in there, and they chant their ridiculous slogans or whatever. There's this now this great group of bikers that show up, and they park between the protesters and the church, and they string like a huge flag across it, and they just keep their motorcycles going the whole time so no one can hear or see the protesters, oh, which that's is great. Awesome. They started, yes, yeah, so and they just completely curtain it off. Um, but no, I'm with you. I am amazed, again, just in an observational sense, that no one has just decided it's time for a little house cleaning with these well, guys. Well, if you think of it, it is an amazing bit of restraint, given that at these military funerals, frequently there is a, uh, like, a like a 21-gun salute. Well, yeah. and that uh, it's packed with guys who were, you know, Marines. Right, the Marines oh, with, yeah. with long-range rifles. Oh yeah, no, some. I mean, look, and that's maybe, a lot of people's like will and, and like being tested and emotions. And well, you know why this lawsuit happened? Because they were protesting at the funeral of a kid who was killed, and the dad is the one who fought. The, the dad's like, you know, the dad was like, enough of this. It's like I'm there to, you know, to, to bury my son who was killed in combat, and then these the a holes across the street, and the dad was like, that's it, it's time to do something. But I'm amazed, as you said, that a more direct solution has not been chosen by somebody, yeah. even though that would be wrong. We can't advocate that. By and the way, it would be worth it. This woman, we are so Sarah happy. Dillon, we got that, a new sign. That girl, uh, Shirley Phelps, who yes. is Fred Phelps's daughter. Daughter, yes. It should be noted, by the way, and you can uh, read more about this, that it was recently revealed, uh, I believe, by the BBC. I think the BBC report about them. Uh, a BBC report about them uh, found evidence that she, in fact, had an illegitimate child. Oh, really? And they asked her on camera, so why is it that your sins ought to be forgiven uh, when the sins of other people can't be forgiven, mom of an illegitimate child? And at that point, she just sort of uh, pulled off her microphone and left. Fantastic. Uh, Do you ever see that episode of Michael Moore's The Awful Truth? No. Where he had the Sodomobile? It was great. He went to where the Fred Phelps guys were protesting, and Michael Moore pulls up across the street in a pink Winnebago called the Sodomobile. And then he got a bunch of uh, greased-up gay men uh, get out on top and just start gyrating like in loincloths on top of the Winnebago while YMCA played over and over again. And after about ten minutes, the Westboro people just packed it up and, and left. Which is wonderful. All right, here's uh, yeah. Bruce Agnew. You, you know who's really crazy, Sarah? If you ever get the, I'm surprised you never heard the, that gal. She's uh, yeah, Shirley is. She's on Howard Stern all the time. But you know who's even crazier than her? It's the grandkids. It's her. Kids. Oh, they're nuts! And it's oh uh, man, the kids. Jesus camp. They look the like kids are really oh. Oh, and you just want to go like kidnap those kids and send them to a re-education camp? You really do. That it's probably too late. Uh, yeah, they call into Corolla sometimes too. Uh, and, and the thing is, that, and they're just so relentlessly dense uh, that just the needling by Corolla and his guys just kind of goes right, right over. They're just kind of in their own, they're in their own little bubble, those people. All right. How about a Heather Mills watch? Fantastic. Here's oh, your boy. Heather Mills watch for Thursday. We're knocking them out Thursday on the Rick Emerson show. Lean on me.
Here's your Heather Mills watch for Thursday. The ex-wife of former Beatle Paul McCartney says she is fed up, fed up, mind you, with the press coverage of her. Heather Mills told a British television show, GMTV, this morning that the media's hate campaign against her and her daughter has nearly sent her over the edge. No pun intended. Sending her over the edge being admittedly easier with Heather Mills. Just cut one. Uh, cut one. They make up such lies, you know. They've called me a whore, a gold digger, a fantasist, a liar. The Go most figure. unbelievably hurtful things. And I've stayed quiet for my daughter. But my daughter, she's had death threats. I've been close to suicide. So upset about this. Oh, please. He, shut it. She says she's considered killing herself because if she's dead, the daughter would be safe and she can be with her father. Just cut uh, three. Well, no, that, that's, there's no cut for okay. that, one, unfortunately. Wait, she oh. said what? Well, no, I guess there is a cut. This is a crazy story that you gave me. All right, there is a cut for that, and it's cut four. Play that. A certain part of the tabloid media created such a hate campaign against me that they put my life and my daughter's life at risk, and that's why I consider killing myself, because oh. I thought if I'm dead, she's safe, that she can be with her father, and that is the truth. Yeah, that's how it always works. I'm sick of it. Sarah, would you like to weigh in on Heather Mills' talk of suicide? Man, I, so I've always kind of felt bad for her because she's, I don't know, I thought maybe she was just getting, you know, the poop end of the stick. But I heard her talking today, and she is so unlikable. Oh, man. And Matt, I think it was, whatever his name is, Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer. She was doing an interview with him, and she just would not let him get a word in edgewise and just kept on nattering away, talking about how everyone should feel sorry for her and how the whole divorce would be over. I don't want a single penny if he would just admit that it was all his fault. It's just all his fault. That's all he had to say. I wonder if she put and that in I'm writing. going for like $10 million billion. $20 million, I think, was what they initially offered her. Or 20 million pounds. Yeah, I was. I thought Which it was more 40 than million. 40 million. Yeah, 40 million. And but I mean, look, I, I hate to be boiling everything down to money and just, you know, I, I mean, I don't, you know, well, what am I apologizing? Forty. If you if you can't be happy with 40 million dollars, you know, I can't think of a single uh, wound that can't be assuaged with 40 million dollars. So, well, Sarah, Heather says that you're treating her worse than a child molester or killer. Really? Cut three. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer. And I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. It sounds like a man doing a lady's voice. I was just going to say, it sounds like a Charlie and Lola outtake. It's one of those British things. Why do they say pedophile? I don't know. It, it seems much dirtier, doesn't it? Doesn't pedophile sound much, much dirtier? I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer. And I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. What? <laughs> I was going to say, now you have to do an impression. I've had worse trouble than a pedophile or a murderer. <laughs> you can do it better. I do kind of do a, I do a good Heather Mills, don't I? You do. Put that to use. That'll be our end of show clip. We'll make a note of that. Fantastic. There's your Heather Mills watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Lean on me when you're Fantastic. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, sir, madam, as the case may be. Uh, sir. Hello, hi, how can I help you, sir? Hey, Rick, i got a guess as to what that movie is you're talking about. Here's here's the, the thing about that. Um, uh, no, um, because, <laughs> and, and let me just say this, now you've been on hold for a while, let me, let me just say, uh, the thing about this video, and is it, for those who came in late, as they used to say in the, um, as they used to say in the comic strip, um, hold on, I'm just, uh, 
I'm just preparing a thing here. Hold on. Um, the thing about that is that we have this horrific video, and it was uh, given to me by uh, Fat Boy of the Court and Fat Boy Show on the Rock 101 KFO, our sister station. Now, we are going to have a video endurance contest later on in the 1 o'clock hour. Some folks are going to come in. We'll flip a coin. One of them will go first. If they can make it all the way through this video without looking away or, oh, no vomiting. If you vomit, you forfeit. Somebody uh, might have sent me what it is. I don't know if it's a spoiler or if it's a guess. Did you want to look and see? Well, just give me one second here. Um, and the thing is, the, the video is, is actually so, I'm not even going to describe it. We're not going to give any hints, any clues as to what it is. We're not going to elaborate. We're not going to give any sort of an indication. We're not going to tip our hat or our cards or our vest or whatever it is you do that you tip. Um, you, you simply, we're going to keep it completely blank, smooth, featureless, and textureless here on the air in terms of description. Oh, man. That being said, uh, you, don't say it, but you think you know what this video might be. Yeah, I guess I'll just have to wait till you announce it. Well, yes. So, um, yeah, in fact, uh, hold on a second. Uh, what is your name, sir? Travis. Travis, I'm going to put you on hold. Oh, and I was going to have him tell Richie the description, but I don't want Richie to know it because Richie's going to be testing it out. Richie's going to be the one who tests it. He's going to be our guinea pig. Well, I guess you'll just have to wait, sir. We'll uh, we'll disclose the contents of the video later on the website, uh, just not right now and not on the air. All right, just make sure you give us a heads up on that then. All right, thank you. Thanks. Bye. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up? I just wanted to let you know uh, there's a video on YouTube, uh, BBC. Now, like, kind of... what is this? Isn't gonna this isn't about the video we were just discussing? No, I'm sorry. This right. is about the, the the kooky family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah the Fred Phelps guys. There's there's some uh, BBC journalist, zany journalist guy that goes and stays weekends with like extreme people. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen uh, that. I forget the guy's name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there's one where he goes and stays with that family for a weekend. Anyway, so I just thought I'd pass that on. It's terrifying. If you ever really want to be terrified, freaked out in in a very very real way, read the Fred Phelps entry on Wikipedia all the way through. There's also a never-published book about him called Addicted to Hate that was not published. I think he was threatened to sue, and it got pulled off. But it, it was leaked online as part of a court case. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Read the Wikipedia entry about Fred Phelps. It really will terrify you. Here's how terrifying Fred Phelps, uh, Fred Phelps is. Kevin Smith, who made Clerks and Chasing Amy and whatever, is actually working on a horror film right now called Red State, uh, for which he is now seeking funding. And it is a horror film based on a Fred Phelps character, basically loose, loosely based on Fred Phelps. But it is a a different kind of horror film, and it's a sort of real-life horror, and it's called Red State, and it's based on a guy who is obviously... That is a fascinating uh, concept. That's cool. The the Weinstein's passed on it. They didn't want to put it out. Uh, So he's looking for funding right now, but that's... Yeah, it's freaky. So, yeah, read his Wikipedia entry, so it'll keep you awake for days. All right. Thank you. Great. A detour. Best show ever. Bye. I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Detour. I don't know. We actually rated the best show ever, though. Yeah. It's the first one today. So can I tell First you what this? Uh, can I mouth to you what this guy said as a suggestion? Uh, why don't you write it down? Okay. Write down. Did he now? This guy who thinks he knows the video. Did he write down? Or did he send you a description or a title? A description. How, a, a description. Yeah, don't don't email Sarah descriptions for this. Sarah doesn't need this in her head. It's enough filth in there as it is. Your head oh, is thanks. an unclean. No, I'm just saying by dint of being on this program. So even the description of it would gross you out horribly? Oh, that's not it. That's not it? That's so tame compared to what I have. Really? No, no, no. And what I mean is, uh, first of all, I mean just by dint of working on this program, you are forever just blackened and and stained. I mean, you know that. It's true. Uh, You don't need more of that. No, no, no. The thing you showed me, I don't even know if I should say it on here because it's fake, though. It's fake. It's 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 an art project. Okay. It is a performance. It is... 
I'll just say this. There's this video on the Internet, and there's a there's an Asian man uh, sitting at a table, and he's got... You know how sometimes you're sitting at a table... Well, now, this isn't... We've, we've seen this in old porno movies, if this is what you're talking about. Is this the, the eating the, the eating something? If by something you mean a baby. No. Oh. 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 No. Well, then this must be more gross. It's not, not fake. A, no, not there's a part a, of an animal. No, there was a fake. No, there's a fake video going around. It was like a, it was it's like a, something. This isn't the monkey baby. brain thing, is it? No. No. no okay. No. And that's fake too. Uh, well, that's real. They really no. do that, don't they? Brain. No. The, the, oh, I think we're talking about the faces of death thing because the, the monkey thing and faces of death is fake. Oh, okay. Um. No, no, no. There's this art project going around. Uh. And it was like some some guy some you know one of those kooky performance artists. Made a thing where it's like, you know, who wants dinner? Bring out a baby, you know, and it's, you know, but it, if you look, you can tell that it's not real and, you know, it isn't real. Um, but it's, in fact, there's a whole thing on Snopes about it. Uh, but if he's some guy who's a real edgy sort of, he's, you know, the. Well, you did say it was not illegal, so I think we can outlaw, we can get rid of baby he's, eating. He's, yes. he's the baby eating Maplethorpe of the Asian world, apparently. So. There's your uh, favorite news story up again. <laughs> I just like the silence following the phrase baby-eating Maplethorpe. I'm sorry, here on KCMD Portland. The, the Burnside Bridge is going to be closed this oh, weekend. Oh, for the love of Christ. Who cares? Jesus, I'm so I, done with I'm over I the had to bring, I had to bring that story out. The Burnside Bridge is closed again? Well, just over the weekend. No, it's, oh, it's always closed. Just, Sarah, just assume. I did assume. Like, yesterday I was taking a cab, and I just assumed it was closed. Well, actually, it's been open been all of this anymore. week, I believe. But uh, this weekend, it will be shut down to all traffic, cars, bicycles, even pedestrians. As they work on the counterweight again. But you, you always give them such a hard time about that. Do you yeah. realize the intricacy of this project? Uh-huh. Inside the Burnside Bridge is a giant hinge with this huge counterweight that's sufficient to lift the entire side of the bridge up. It right. weighs thousands of tons. Yes. You're not penetrating the mine. And, and it goes on a, on a hinge. You know, you can imagine it's got, you know, it's, it's a typical pin going right. through a thing, right? Yes. Well, when they built this thing, they didn't ever intend it to be fixed. They assumed that the rest of the bridge would wear we out. Would dead by nuclear the, annihilation. Well, by yeah, now. exactly. They figured that the bridge would have to be torn down and replaced with a bigger one or something long before the hinge would ever wear out. But something went haywire on just one of them. You know, there's four hinges, and one of them went where it got it got water in there or something, you know, and it couldn't be lubricated anymore, and it's worn out. So they've had to go and drill it out and put in a new bearing. Let me tell you why that doesn't matter. But this is a lot harder than just put drilling it out and putting a new bearing on the on the back end of your car. The only reason that I'm not impressed by that and why I will continue to be angry about it is that there are guys out there who are like, you know, the IQs of 370. Uh, you know, it shouldn't. I mean, it, it would be hard well, for me. Yeah, but, the, but the, there's the, some the guy out there that is, for, who should be able to do it easily. But the difficulty is nobody's ever done it before. This is a one-of-a-kind thing. They had to figure out how yeah, to do it. And then no. the reason it got closed down twice for so long was the first time they started to do it, they had this whole this whole mechanism involved that would lift the, the counterweight up so it would take the weight off the bearing so right. they could drill it out. And the, the stuff that they used to lift it up, uh, they somehow miscalculated, and it just it just couldn't do it. They, they were You know what an all-thread is? Let's pretend I okay. do. Okay. Well, and it's a thing. It's when they have big nuts on it, and they're cranking these nuts, and trying to lift the counterweight. <laughs> and and the threads on the, on the all thread compressed. Yes. Ah, you don't care. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Just, just, I, are you I, have you just been talking about the bridge the whole time? I was just transferring funds. All right. Burnside Bridge closed. I just couldn't get past the cranking. Friday on the night at eight until Monday morning <laughs> at six. I've just been cranking on these nuts because of the lack of lubricant. <laughs> Rick, this is, oh, this is from Eric, the vending machine guy. Listen to this, Rick. Oh, I'm eating some goldfish crackers from him today. Well, listen to what Eric, our vending machine guy, says. Rick, I've seen the video you're talking about, and I can't scour it out of my brain. 
Anyone you show it to deserves compensation, Rick, and I will sweeten the pot and add a case of famous Amos cookies to the loser slash winner. So there you go. So a case? So, that we, so if somebody can make it all the way through this video, and you got to watch it, and this is we're going to have to trust you on the honor system. You can't look at the screen and be watching the start button or something. Uh, you know, we'll get this pile of prizes and a case of famous Amos cookies. All right, thank you. That's Eric, the vending guy. More death rain potato chips, please. Uh, all right. Uh, here's Bruce Agler for Tim Riley. You're a big fan of Mount Angel, aren't you? I love Mount Angel, and to the, to the point that, to the point that I often don't talk about it because you know, I, not that it's going to be like overrun with hordes if I discuss it, but I mean, it's just because it is kind of a cool little isolated place, not very many people, but it's beautiful, and I don't really ever talk about it because Laura and I will try to, you know, we try to get away to there sometimes. It is just a great place. My mom was born there. Well, then can you uh, can, can you let me know why just a couple miles down the road from Mount Angel is a place called Silverton? Yeah. And why is it that, that we have more meth houses in Silverton than any other? That place astonishes on the me because it, have you been to Silverton? Uh, I'm sure I've driven. Have you ever through. watched the Gilmore Girls? Uh, yeah. Stars Hollow is okay. Silverton. Silverton is Stars Hollow. Silverton is a tiny, little, beautiful, picturesque, storybook town, and not in a cloying, touristy way. It is a legitimate... It's like Mayberry, but it's like a real-life Mayberry. Now... Well, that must be kind of a crazy Mayberry, the way everybody's hopped up on meth. <laughs> goofballs. That being said, I suspect the reason is because it is out in the country, and it's so isolated. You know, it's like Malala. It's so isolated out there. That you're just miles from anything. It's a little town, but it's surrounded by nothing. Uh, and, you know, and so people, even in 2007, country country folk just are, are left alone. Um, you know, like, you know, our good friend Mike Everhart uh, lives yeah. out in Malala. Yeah, Malala. Have you been out to where he lives? No, I, well, not actually to his house, but I've been, I've been to his house many once. Times, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a great place, and it's, you know, uh, it, but it, but his house is in the middle of a real big, and he could, you know, he could go out back and set up a cannon in his backyard. Probably nobody would look into it that much. You know, people leave everybody alone, which is probably why Silverton is such a big meth place, because it's so far from everywhere that really, unless you're setting off a hydrogen bomb in your backyard, nobody's going to bother with you. Well, just before 6 a.m., police made 10 arrests and took a 9-year-old into custody, protective custody, uh, in a raid on two Silverton meth houses. Uh, the SWATs served warrants on the two houses. They found marijuana, meth, drug paraphernalia at uh, a house on North 2nd Street. They didn't give me the exact address. And that's where they took the 9-year-old into custody. And at an apartment on South Water Street, they found bags of meth, marijuana ready for sale. I like <laughs> marijuana ready for sale. Like at a picnic table next to the lemonade. <laughs> Hello, sir. Guns and more than $17,000 in cash. Eight oh, other gosh. adults were cited and released for frequenting a drug house. Okay. So Mayberry. So so we have Opie on, uh, on meth here. Yeah, it seems like there's a joke here, but I don't really know. Here's a story from Florida for you. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I didn't know. No. Story from where? Florida. Damn it. I thought I heard Heather Mills. I know. I was... I, <laughs> that was like a race press, then a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. It sounds just like me when I'm <laughs> pretending to be a woman. It sounds like it when you do the enough by the her. I didn't do that. Here's Tim Riley. Well, hey, uh, no, this is not Tim Riley. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep not I'm sorry. Please don't take that as an insult. It's, it's habit. I'm sorry. Poor I Tim. He's sitting at yeah. home going, it's just like Darren on uh, on Bewitched. Yeah. They just put somebody else in there and say he's well, Tim Well, do you Riley. remember? Now, I don't know if we ever told Sarah this. Do you remember? Do we ever bring this up? Or maybe this is just an idea that Bruce had and I kind of went, uh, no. Uh, that when Christina left the program, 
We had this whole that thing where we were going to screw with the listeners for a while by just for the first week insisting that you just were Christina. Well, I don't think I intended to do it for the first week. There, that was. I thought that'd be a good idea. Be just like Darren. Yeah, it was really Bewitch, flattering just... when I was new in radio and Bruce was telling me to pretend to be somebody else <laughs> instead of myself. Yeah. Well, people that was would know you though because you already had been on the show too. That's why it didn't really work with you because you'd it, already been on. But I mean, I will admit it is kind of an interesting idea that we would just sort of say you were Christina Carlson as sort of a nod to be wished. I yeah. think we decided that that. Well, would I, I even thought of that. I mean, I thought the best way to do it would be this. This goes back so far. You, you know, you heard of the show Burns and Allen. I mean, you yeah. guys, you know, I hell, I'm not. I'm not old enough to really watch Burns and Allen when it was on the uh, first time. But anyway, George Burns did that, the old Darren switch. You know, he right. had to hire a new actor to replace some guy. So he actually came out before the show one night, and he said, oh, by the way, this season there's going to be a new change. Uh, Bob Smith is now going to be playing the part of whoever, you know, the, the Banker Joe. <laughs> Here he is. You know, yeah. that's it. They just went on. So. Uh, it's like when they replace Becky. Let's do uh, this, and then we'll talk to Rachel McGrath, who hates me. All right, so uh, the Florida story. Oh, uh, damn it. I, damn it, again, I failed to have the... Damn it, stop it. All right, okay. What does Heather have to do with Florida? I don't know. A man was charged with petty theft after being caught on the surveillance cameras taking jelly beans out of the bin at the Albertsons store in northwest Florida. The 34-year-old Fort Walton Beach man... The fact that you would just eat bulk candy out of the... in Florida... Without washing it or scrubbing it in any way. Yeah, I have friends who do that. It'll just wander through Fred Meyer and eat, like, handfuls of peanuts and stuff. See, uh, Laura does that, and she's an intelligent, educated woman. <laughs> and, I mean, she like, she'll eat grapes. Like, we'll go through the produce aisle, and she'll pluck off, like, not by the fistful. She'll eat grapes? But she'll pluck off, like, a grape or two and eat it. And I'm like, huh? I'll start drinking, a, like, a soda or something if I buy it. But, okay, or if you're gun. But if, if I have the intention of buying it. If you have the intention of buying it, I can almost see that. But I'm like, huh, baby, you haven't paid for those yet. She's like, yeah, but, you know. It's, you know, it, they're, they're just out there. I'm only thinking. I'm like, you can't. I have a real Catholic guilt about that. I can't. I Can I tell you this? In my life, I have never eaten anything from the produce section of the whole food believe. aisle. I, I never have. I don't believe. No, the Catholic guilt about it is to, the whole concept. I'm not trying to be like a goody two-shoes. I'm just saying I haven't. The bull candy aisle, I mean, to my knowledge, maybe when I was really little, but to my knowledge, I have never eaten anything from the bulk, you know, section of the store without without paying for it first. I just, I couldn't. I would just feel, and plus, I am afraid that I would be that one guy that they decided to make an example out of, like this this person. Well, this person, uh, the 34-year-old Fort Wall Beach man, was at Albertsons. He stopped at a bin of candy and put an unspecified number of jelly beans in his mouth, according to the uh, sheriff's office report. Uh, the deputy who was working an off-duty detail confronted Jesus. the suspect after he had already paid for the rest of his groceries. And asked him if the candy was good. <laughs> Went up to the guy, hey there, was the candy good? And the guy Allie. said, yes. Allie. All right. And then the, the guy said, but I only had two of the raspberry-flavored candies. But the sheriff deputy said that he thought he had them a lot more than two. He did, uh, And they said that the Albertsons did not have free samples of candy. And he should have known that if he was taking any, he should pay for it. All right. Let's... Take a break. That really wasn't as good a story as I thought it was going to be. Welcome to the Big Overture, little show. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles, the wonderful Rachel McGrath. Hello, Rachel. Hello. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, how, what are, if I can ask you this, just to put forward a slice of editorial observation, and if you pass on this, I won't hold it against you. What is your take on Heather Mills? <laughs> <laughs> okay, done and done. <laughs> I mean, I think that kind of tells us what we need to know. All right. Okay. I'm just going to say, not that you asked or even cared in any way uh, about my take on Heather Mills. I will say this. The longer someone like that hangs around in the public eye, the more 
it, it's like this. Somebody once said that when you go on a date with somebody, if, you're, if your hope is to sort of score with them on the first date, you, you just try to talk as little as possible. Because the longer you're out at dinner and the longer you talk, the more likely you're going to say something that just queers the whole deal, just going to undermine the whole thing. So it is with Heather Mills. If she had just taken the 20 million pounds or whatever and just hopped into the night, uh, we all would have been fine. But, you know, she's hung around long enough that now everybody feels she's just a horrible troll-like woman. Uh, and so this is this should be an object lesson to all of the, the future Mrs. McCartneys out there. All right. Um, let us now uh, speak about uh, this the Writers Guild thing. First of all, the Writers Guild is effectively useless and impotent anyway. I mean, is it, the Writers Guild, is it not traditionally known as being the weakest union in, in the entertainment industry anyway? I think they're trying to change that now, though. I, well, <laughs> I mean, are they really going to do it? Is this, is this, well, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. They've had the same contract um, with the uh, studios uh, since 1985. Um, and uh, when they last negotiated a contract with the studios in 1985, um, uh, you know, they were given a certain amount of money from the future sales of, of things they write, like right. TV shows and movies. Um, and they're saying that now, after all this time, you know, it, it's time that they all ought to get a better deal. So come on, give them a due that at least this will wait 21 years. <laughs> and, and so what is, the, what is the sort of timeline here for when the, mm. the rubber really meets the road and it starts to impact things? Um, well, the co current contract between the writers and producers has expired, and that means that we could see a writer's strike in Hollywood as early as tomorrow. Um, but, you know, the, the studio's knew this was, was coming, and so they've been very busy over the last uh, couple of months or so stockpiling scripts for movies and, uh, and television shows. So there's a half season of TV shows, so the, your favorite TV shows, the primetime hits, there's already half a season in the can, um, and if the strike was to go any longer than, than the new year, then that's when you'd start to see some kind of impact in terms of uh, more reality shows and more repeats. Excellent. All right, Rachel, as always, a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day in the City of Angels. I will. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, CNN Radio Correspondent Rachel McGrath. Fantastic. Wow, that went just as swimmingly as ever. You know, you know, water has she found... She doesn't even try anymore. Water has found its own level with her. <laughs> She'll be nice to me or she won't. I can't control it. Uh, let's take a call here, and then we've got to bring in some of our contest folks and, and talk to them, and then we'll do a couple more. Uh, we'll try to fit in another uh, news story or two, and then we'll break, and we'll do whatever. Uh, coming up later on, we may or may not get to this top five. The fine folks at the Rose and Thistle, uh, one of Portland's greatest... Uh, greatest uh, I don't know, it's a bar? It's a pub? I think it's a pub. The Rose and Thistle? Yeah, is that a pub? Yeah, I think so. That's a great place anyway. And by the way, the Rose and Thistle, or the Rat, uh, as some of the hipsters call it, that is the preferred uh, zombie refuge, or refuge from zombies, uh, for Aaron and uh, like the, uh, the the Geek Squad. Uh, you know, not unlike Shaun of the Dead, where they're all going to go to the Winchester. When the inevitable zombie invasion hits Portland, everybody's going to hide at the Rose and Thistle, just so you know. Because they got that scotch egg there, which mm. is like an egg baked inside a thing inside some stuff. Uh, so the the guys at the Rose and Thistle has put uh, put together a top five for us today. Awesome. Uh, so we'll uh, try to get to that. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, I work at the Safeway over here in Tualatin. I just want to let you know that your guilt about eating stuff at the produce aisle is yeah. wrong because uh, we encourage people to actually sample the goods. Really? Yeah. Okay. They want people to... See if they like it, and if they like it, then they might. And, I mean, okay, so I shouldn't feel bad about it. No, because it's encouraged. They uh, want me to sample it. All right, well, fair enough. All right, thank you, my friend. Yeah. I'm going to go have an entire meal there tonight. Uh, hey, Richie, can we now bring the, um, uh, let's see, this is um, Penelope. Penelope and, okay, so Mark 
So we took these in the order that they uh, in the order that they uh, that they Hi, called in. Oh. Penelope and I believe Mark bailed, and so we Chad. drew again, and it's Chad. Now, I recognize Chad. Now, Chad, you're Chad. Kind what's of, going on with the beard? Chad, you're sort of the George from Wilsonville of in studio contesting because this is the second time you've come in now. Not my fault. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Bruce is writing me a note. <laughs> I'm going to go move my car. My car. Thanks, Bruce. Still not speaking. He's going to move his car. <laughs> I don't think he feels like he can speak. I think he's uh, forgotten about the lack of professionalism on this radio program. I know. Uh, all right. So, uh, so uh, let's see. Penel uh, Penelope uh, and Chad. Hello. How are you? Let's see. Maybe bring up a microphone. Let's talk to right. Penelope first. Because we've already talked to Chad. You're less, Grab a microphone. You're less interesting to us, Chad. What is with that beard? Seriously. Yeah, you're a beardo. Are you going to go live in a cabin somewhere and send pipe bombs? No. He's insulating for the winter. Reconsider that. Yes. <laughs> all right. Hi, Penelope. How are you? Get right up on the, um, on the microphone there. Hi, Rick. Hi. Let me just... Just, don't, don't be shy. There, okay. there you go. Don't be afraid. Don't wanna, all right, so, um, what the hell is with this mic? Okay, there you go. Okay, good. Okay, fantastic. All Hi, right. Penelope, how are you? I'm good, thank so, you. So, you know, Richie Bristol's a big fan of yours. Yes. Yes. Is he, did he give you a split lesson? We didn't have time. Okay, no. he was running around. No, there's always, no, 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 there's time later. There's, you know, that's I a long, love... it's a long process. <laughs> I'm willing to learn. Okay. Sounds like I'm treading into a personal area, so we're just going to... Oh, wait. Now, somebody here is claiming now they have seen the video. So here's what's going to happen. It's 1.20. We don't have anybody scheduled at 1.30. And Henry Rollins. Henry at Rollins 2 is at 2.30. Lots of time to be nervous for that. Uh, Henry Rollins, about an hour and ten minutes from now. Maybe tomorrow I will try to find and bring in my Rollins interview from 96. Uh, where I just sucked. I mean, I'm, I'm a hilarious. bad interviewer now, but then, and again, he was really at the peak you of his musical fame. You always say you're fame. a bad interviewer, but I don't think you are. I've gotten better. Don't get, I mean, I'm trying yeah. to be falsely humble. I've gotten better. You've had bad interviews, but I don't think you're a bad interviewer. But but I was bad for a long time, I guess. And it's like, as, as actually Rollins uh, has himself said... He said a great thing that I that I repeat a lot. It was a really simple phrase because he's all into the Nietzsche and Superman, you know, you know, create oneself and, and thing. And he had this great quote one time. He said, you know, he said, if you want more muscle, you got to pick up a bigger weight. And I was a bad interviewer. And so I what what I started doing is I just started doing as many interviews as I could because I didn't want to suck anymore. Um, and so I just had no idea how to do it for the longest time. And I've kind of gotten, you know, I've gotten a little bit better at it. So we'll kind of see. But I'll try to dig it up. He was sort of at the the, the zenith of the alternative nation mm -hmm. era at that time. Like Rollins Band was huge. He'd done Lollapalooza, I think. Um, I remember that. that and I he's think, all painted red in that video. Yeah, he'd done the, you know, Liar. Yeah. He'd had, you know, the, what I guess passes for a single, you know, for a band that is sort of that heavy. Uh, and he was just, everybody really knew who he was. And, he, you know, he's actually a lot bigger now. But then it was like he had sort of just broken into the mainstream. And, um, and yeah, I was just completely intimidated. It's like a friend of mine interviewed Mike Ness from Social Distortion around the same time and was just, I mean, just, just, just well, I mean, sweating himself sick. You and I both talked to Mike Ness, and that would have been and for be such, kind of a difficult interview. And for such a small man, he's a very diminutive man, Mike Ness. Is. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, shorter than I am. Uh, you know, I'm not that tall, and he's shorter than he's a very small person, but he's just, you know, you know that he he has a chain in one hand, and at any moment, at the slightest provocation, will beat you to dust. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and then, then talk to you about antiquing. Yes, yeah, seriously, and then and then ask Sarah to go. Uh, can you take me antiquing? Which is what Mike Ness from Social Distortion did, and you passed. I did. You pass. didn't want to ruin the experience. I didn't want to. I've always remember him as the old guy who wanted yeah. to go antiquing. Everything was kind of cool. I really cool, liked though. my interview. Yeah, 
I know I regretted it for a couple months, but now I'm okay with it. No, 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 Thanks it's fine. Thanks for bringing it up. No, 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 it's great. Well, look, you're not the one. I had I shared one sentence with Mike Ness, and I rehearsed it for like ten minutes. Oh, I remember you were sitting there like mumbling to yourself in the corner with like three by five okay, cards. Mr. Ness. Um, so, Mr. Ness, Mr. Ness, I just want to say my Rick, my name is Rick Emerson, and I do uh, uh, I, 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 I love your music, and I just totally I sounded like what did you say? I, remember I sounded what you like said. Guy Patterson talking to Del Paxton. Uh, I'm in a band, and we're called the Wonders, and we've got this song, and it's me and Jimmy and Faye, and we're really great. And you are my biggest fan. You know, totally just hate it. No, I, I went up to him and I said, I said, hey, I'm a big fan. And I said, um, and this is true. It sounds corny because it was pre-prepared because I didn't want to blow it. It's as cheesy as it sounds. It's like he had one chance to say something from the heart. And I said, um, I said, thank you for the Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell record. It got me through a really bad time, which is true. Um, and uh, it just because that record meant a lot to me at a time when I was just kind of feeling really chaotic about things. So I said, um. I said, thanks for somewhere between heaven and hell. It got me through a really bad time. And maybe this is a canned response. Maybe not, but he goes, he goes, yeah, me too. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. And then we shook hands. I'm like, I was so sensitive and all this, like, tattoos and eyeliner glory. Look, and you know what? I, I, I Like, life is too short. And I'm never going to meet that guy again. But life is too short to be, all, like, hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're righteous. I dig your band. And let's thump chests, you know. It's just, why? Um... Somebody's calling about the Safeway by my house, and a woman knows the video and has seen it. Um, and you can Are put you those sure? put those headphones on there, Penelope. Why don't you go ahead and put those on? Um, oh, you might want to adjust the headphones. We're all deaf. And then Richie, if you can enter the studio, the please. Knob down there. Yeah, follow the cord. If those are plugged in. Uh, they are not. <laughs> okay, be careful. Right, right Take them here. off your ears before you plug There's them in. A small hole over there. Oh, yeah. I'm really worried. And there's your volume knob. All right. Uh, let's take this call, and then Richie's going to pre-watch the video, and then we'll uh, we'll flip a coin, see which one of these people hey, watches the, it first. Does the website that the video starts with, does it begin with an S? No. Okay. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hello. Hi, what's up? I've, I've seen the video Now, please do, please do not identify the video in any way. I'm, can I say one word? Um, yeah, well, no. Won't give it away. You'll know I've seen it. Please, uh, yeah, please do not. Okay. Um, well, I I want to enter the contest because I know I can win. Now, is this because you've already watched it all the way through? Yeah, I can watch it in slow motion. It doesn't affect me at all. Now, see, well, A, you're really broken inside. And B, do you see how that's not really a fair contest if you've already done it? No. I admire your spunk. Uh, really, I do. Um, I I'll ask you this. Make... Are there, are in the, in the in the name of this video, um, is the video you watch, does it have some numbers in it? Number two. All right, there you go. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I, I yeah, you're you're effed, man. You're, there's something really wrong with you. I can watch it in slow mo. I, I did almost make one of my coworkers puke. He started screaming like a girl, going, "Yeah, I'm gonna puke." Stop. Hey, Richie, can you rustle up? Do we have a newspaper in here? Um, we ought to be covering that window. Let's Where's cover. Let's, uh, Tim is out today. Tim is uh, taking oh, okay. a personal day, as they call it here at CBS. He'll be back tomorrow, I believe. All right, thank you. Bye now. Yeah, let's cover that window. All right, Penelope. Now, do you have any idea what this video is? Not at all. All right, you have no idea at all. None? Are you simply doing this for the love of the show? Are you doing it because you want a pile of stuff? Are you doing it because you're just bored and drunk? What is no. what is the reasoning here? It is the love of the show. God bless you. You're a good person. All right, and then, Chad, you just uh, apparently have no life uh, because you've been in here like twice now. So what is your, what is your motivation, Chad? Uh, what is the... Uh, well, uh, you know, I have a few days off. I haven't booked any work. And, uh, you know, of course, I listen to the show every day. You know. Okay. 
All right. I'm just hanging out, man. And then, Bruce, you, of course, have you have no notion of what this video is. You don't? Uh, no, no, no. I'm surprised. I'm not trying to pimp for the competition, but I you listen to Howard. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't heard Howard talking about this. Well, I can't say that I have. I have seen the, the nose-picking thing or uh, ear-picking See, thing, the but... guy eating earwax is, like, so low-key to me. That's, like, not even an opening I'm going to say, I don't know what why that was even causing a big stir. Uh, I will say this, because in terms of full disclosure, because we're always knocking on FMDJs for stealing from us, so I will I will say this. Uh, in terms of full disclosure, somebody emailed this to me. Now, I was told a bit about this by Fatboy, from Court and Fatboy, but I do want to acknowledge that apparently the guys on Jammin' have talked about this uh, as well. So don't anybody think that I'm what is it, biting their style or whatever it is the young people say now. So uh, as it were. All right. Is that a sufficient blocking of the window, do you think? Richie, go outside and test to see if the window's covered. If people really want to see I mean, I guess yeah. if you're really out, going out of your way. All right. Um, so before we do anything else, uh, Sarah, so here's where we are. It's 128. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything to do until Rollins. That's at 2.30. Tim Ryan is going to be doing some of our news breaks in the next uh, whatever and through the afternoon. Uh, we have Penelope. We have Chad. Richie's going to do the test view. We have a break right around here at some points, and then we wanted Bruce to do one more story before he takes off. So how do you feel we should proceed here? Oh, let's do a small break, then have um, Bruce do a story. Okay, so you want to take a break here? If you guys, can you guys, can you guys hang out for a few? Yeah. All right, tell you what, okay. we'll take a break. We'll come back. Bruce will wrap up the news. We'll have... Hey, listen to that. Oh, weird. It's Guy Patterson. Uh, and then Richie will watch the video. We'll do this. Tim Ryan will be on later. Henry Rollins coming up in the next hour. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. You are my biggest fan, Del Paxton. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. I'm never watching that. No, that's why Sarah asked me for a description just now in the kitchen. She's like, you have to tell me, and you have to do it in here, so please to describe the video. And I tried to be as, um, I, I was trying to be very sort of circumspect about it, to be as vague as possible while still giving you some of the concrete details. You see what I mean about how we can never describe it in any way? There's absolutely no way to de- to describe that. Now imagine trying to scrub that out of your brain. That's a thing that'll take a I'm whole... trying to now and I haven't seen anything. <laughs> and you don't even know. You don't even know. All right. Okay. Keep talking big, friend. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, later on, uh, our good friend Tim Ryan will be in the studio to fill in for Tim Ryan. We've also got Henry Rollins coming up next hour, and uh, we'll do the uh, video endurance contest here in just a few with uh, Penelope and Chad. Let's pay a final visit to the Ministry of Truth with Bruce Agler. Agler from the Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. How about a Britney watch? Mm. How about a Britney watch? Here's your Britney watch. A double Britney watch. For Thursday of the Emerson program.
Bruce Agler with your Britney watch. I'm disappointed. I like the old Britney watch. Oh, no. Oh. It was time for a change. I don't... And here's the thing. I we never... had Britney watch for years. And I never really did like the old Britney watch. Well, I know I this sounds I like... I didn't use to like it until you changed it, but... Well, that's a terrible thing Sorry. to say. Call me an old fart. Somebody you know? told me that they, last night I met them. They're like, oh, I used to listen to your show when Scotty J was on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was two weeks ago, you ass. Thanks, Dick. All right, here's Bruce. So are you telling me they tuned out because Scotty J's not on it? Well, anymore? what other the reason is there? So right. we, 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 want, we lost a listener just because of Scotty J. Yeah, but a douchey listener, though, so it doesn't really matter. Here's uh, Bruce Agler with your Britney. Agler. I barely knew her. Item number one. Britney Spears isn't getting exactly what she wanted in her child custody battle. According to TMZ.com, the court commissioner overseeing her case denied a request to give her 50-50 custody of her children with ex-hubby Kevin Federline. However, Spears has been given three supervised visits per week. One of them will include an overnight stay for two-year-old Sean Preston and one-year-old Jaden James. Now, is one of those stories you have over there the, the Ryan Seacrest thing? Do you have the, the story about the Ryan Seacrest? Calls? Yes. Okay. Because I don't have the audio on that. I looked for it and I couldn't find it. Yeah, I wish we had the audio. Yeah. Oh, you should have told me. I'll find that. Okay. Well, oh, if, you can, if you can find the audio, we'll yeah. play it again later. But the, the, the text is good enough for now because it's great. And Brittany was told to childproof her house by Freddie. Uh-huh. The, the question is, she didn't have her house childproofed before? No, right? it didn't occur to her. No wonder these kids' hair looks so strange. They've been sticking their fingers in the light socket. Well, I mean, just, I mean the idea of that girl being left alone like and being solely <laughs> responsible uh, for those children. Well, at least the kids get to see her naked all the time. Creepy. All right. Uh, item number two. <laughs> Britney Spears defended her parenting and decried her critics, lamenting how cruel our world can be. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. And Britney has never done any charity work. Uh, that was not Britney. But anyway, Britney was interviewed briefly by Ryan Seacrest on Wednesday. How come she didn't call into your show? Uh, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? The mind reels. When the American Idol host, who has a morning show on KISS FM in Los Angeles, asked Spears whether she was doing all she could for her children, Spears replied, Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Later on, the best part of that interview is when Ryan Seacrest, apparently, I can't believe I'm pimping Ryan Seacrest's show, which I'm sure he got on his merits, that he says, When do you have visitation with the kid? And she actually didn't know. She goes, Other oh, lawyers have got all that written down somewhere. <laughs> Spears was unclear when Seacrest asked... <laughs> How often she would see the boys. Yeah. All right. That's like all in the court, she said. <laughs> stuff like that. My lawyers know all that yeah, stuff. Of course not. They don't, don't bother to write it down on a dry erase board or anything. Don't. Meanwhile, Federline's attorney told the AP that the custody battle is a painful thing for Kevin. Seacrest apparently woke Spears up when he called her. Oh, I thought she called him. No, no, no. Do we have Sarah? I think it's working. Has she on... found it yet? Sarah, I think it's working on the oh, audio. I have her audio. Hold on. Here we go. Good morning. I'm sorry, Hello? Sarah. I should never have doubted Hello? you. Is this Allie again? Yeah, okay. Allie, that's Brittany's assistant. Why do I know this? Say hello. Allison, her cousin slash assistant. Hi. Good morning, Brittany. <laughs> sorry to wake you up. It's okay. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So just tell me what's happening. You're at your house, and Sam and Allie are standing over your bed? Yeah. Freaking genius. All right. Well, we're, we're on the air at KISS FM, and yesterday was the release of your new album. What did you do yesterday? How'd the day go? It was cool. It was just kind of um, laid back, really. Yep. And did you celebrate? 
Um, no. <laughs> what's the kooky part? I don't know. Well, we should probably come back to this later. We should come back to it later because there's a real great quote at the end, too. But you do have that. Okay, yeah. I'm let me sorry. My it. fault for not mentioning that. So, let's, let, we'll so come I back can't close this, but I, I have the great quote. Oh, no. Go ahead and give the great quote. Oh, we'll just okay. have her we'll say it have later. We'll hear it later. All right. Uh, Tuesday, her album was released, her first studio album in four years, Blackout. Have you heard it? No, uh, I did, actually. I listened to the whole thing the other day. Is it any good? Huh. Not really. I mean, it's okay. It's like it's a decent, enough, it's a it? decent dance pop record. It's you know the thing is the expectations are just set so low for her, the bar is set so low because people are expecting a disaster, and it's not a disaster. It's not terribly interesting. I'm not like a big dance pop fan, um, but um, the single's like what number one? The or single's two, or... great. Give me more is the best yeah, thing on the record. There's a song called um, uh, Radar that's actually pretty good, and there's a song called Piece of Me that's all right. That'll probably be the next single. Uh, but doing a cover of Radar Love? No, sadly. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's okay. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. It, her her vocals are just incidental to the entire project, as as they kind of always are. It's a it's a good dance pop record, not unlike some of the stuff that Madonna's done lately. But it's not all that. It's not all that interesting. When uh, Seacrest asked Britney what she had been doing to celebrate the release of the album, she said, "Well, we watched movies and had fried chicken." There you go. She's all class. There's your Britney watch for Thursday. Did you at least get like takeout to take home, or did you go out or do anything like that earlier? We know we ate famous famous cookies. And we had fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, Ryan Seacrest there. All right, uh, Bruce Agler. Uh, so, uh, well, thank you so much for coming, ladies and gentlemen. Let's You're give it up for Bruce Agler. Godlike former program director of the Rick Emerson Show, now known as uh, Programmer Emeritus. Programmer right? Emeritus. Okay. Programmer Emeritus. Bruce. K-O-T-K. Agler. Fantastic. And, uh, and never fear, Tim Riley will be back tomorrow. He will be back uh, tomorrow. So thank you so much for coming in, Bruce. All right. We'll have you back again the next time, Tim. And Tim, of course, I don't mean to knock Tim, but it was like... I got an email last night at like 9.40 p.m. By the way, <laughs> I have some things to take care of. I well, won't yeah. begin. It, it was kind of strange, too. We had a meeting with, with Tim yesterday, and I mentioned, oh, if you're ever gone, I could always fill in. And so, sure enough, four hours later, he's <laughs> like, just, oh, well, I'll be gone tomorrow. No, I mean, yeah, like I was just, I have, well, you know, I was here late last night, and uh-huh. I just happened to get this email. By the way, I won't be in. Goodbye. You know, <laughs> Riley out, you know, and that was it. So, uh, all right. Uh, so, you and I methodically like plan for months and months. We're going to take it. I know, Tim. I'll be gone. Uh, so, all right. So, coming up later on, Tim Ryan will step in to do some of the news for us. He'll do the news uh, through the afternoon uh, as well. Richie Bristol, hello. How are you, sir? All right. Hi, Good Tim. Richie Bristol, our intrepid phone screener, uh, ably filling the, sco- the shoes of Scotty um, K. Scotty K. Uh, I think who so. uh, was the guy who I think used to have that job before. And uh, don't forget, next hour, Henry Rollins. Uh, we'll try to get to a top five from the good guys at the Rose and Thistle. They've put that together for us. Like is a three, like is one and one to five, et cetera. All right. So there is this video, which I will not describe. Later, I will post it. I've come to that, I've come to that decision within myself. Uh, I'm, I, I will post it later on. And, Richie, uh, can you do me a favor? I know that you're getting ready to watch this, but I am printing something to Becca's uh, printer back there, you know, the promotion printer. Yeah. Can, you, uh, can you bring that in? That would be, that'd be fantastic. Uh, so there's a video on the net uh, that is wrong and horrible, ill-advised, stomach-churning. It is, as H.P. Lovecraft would say, that thing which should not be. 
the thing which must never be looked upon by human eyes. Now, Sarah kind of knows the content of it. I gave her just sort of the broad strokes. Uh, and yeah. What was your general uh, reaction no. on hearing those broad strokes? Uh-uh. All right, fantastic. So. What we're gonna do that's, is that's that's a lot worse. Like your mind kind of ventures into that area yeah. at, at one point when you're talking about how bad it is, but you don't really think it'll actually no. end up in no, there. No, you know, you never think that somebody will do it. So we have here a big pile of uh, a big pile of prizes for somebody who can watch this video all the way through. Uh, the prizes are uh, including, but not limited to, uh, PSP's SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs uh, Firestorm Bravo 2. Uh, that is a PSP game. Uh, Smoke and Aces starring Ben Affleck on DVD and some large T-shirt that has a marijuana leaf on the front, I think. So, hooray. Oh, and also a case of famous Amos cookies from Eric the Vending Machine Guy. So, all right. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, Penelope and uh, uh, Chad, I need you to stand over here. All right. All right. Now, Richie Bristol. Yes. Bruce, you probably don't want to look at this. I'm going to stay and watch. Can I get the marijuana shirt, though? Uh, uh, <laughs> Bruce, I'm really, really honestly, from me to you, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're a grown man. Bruce, I don't think you should watch you it. You shouldn't watch this. I'm gonna watch. What is it that? Uh, what is it that? Uh, uh, the 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 reoccurrence. What is it that? What's his name? Hoover says to um that Hoover says to to Karen Allen in Animal House. Says, Katie, I think you'd be glad later if you weren't here now. Uh, all right, fair enough. Okay, Richie Bristol. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna show you this video. Now, you are not required to watch it all the way through, but I'll think more of you if you do. Now, we'll leave your microphone on. Try not to curse. Uh, Sarah, make sure this computer's potted down, please. It is. All right, so. Uh, Richie, I'm going to bring this up. Let's see. Making sure I'm typing in the URL correctly. You don't want to watch this, Bruce. Okay. I'm watching. Okay. Uh, now, it comes up. Uh, there's going to be some banner ads on the side for, you know, whatever. And then in the middle, there's going to be a video screen. That's what you want to be watching. This is turned down, Sarah? Yes, it's okay. done. <laughs> Richie Bristol, you are the guinea pig now for this. I like the uh, title, though. Yeah. Okay. You just keep thinking that. All right. Um, <laughs> Richie Bristol, by the way, uh, you are here in the studio where all rules about uh, conduct and harassment are suspended, as we learned when we took our uh, lesson. You are watching this of your own volition, are you not, Richie Bristol? Yes. You are volunteering to watch this. You are not under any pressure to watch this. Yes. You were, you agreed to hold harmless everyone at CBS. Yes. All right. I'm timing it, too. Okay. And we're going to... Do you have a stopwatch? All I right. Do. Richie Bristol, let her go. As soon as you see video, let her go. You know, say Go. Go. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Okay, that's eight seconds. Eight seconds. They looked away. All right, no, actually, nine, nine point six. I haven't looked away yet. Uh, Bruce, you're disgusting. Yeah, Bruce, you are. Somebody turn it off. <laughs> Richie looks like he's going to hurl. <laughs> I don't know what oh. Oh. Bruce Brown's can't find the off button. Oh, God, it's still going. <laughs> okay, please, is it off? Uh, it's just been minimized. Please, please, close the window. Close the window. Well, then we have to start from scratch. Close the window. Oh, That's Richie's fine. eyes are watering. <laughs> Richie, you don't look well. If you're going to hurl, you have to leave. I swear to God, if you think you're going to hurl, you have to leave the studio. Why isn't I the only one with a strong stomach? There is no hurling in... There's no crying in baseball. There is no vomiting in this room. Is that so much worse than you thought it would be, Richie? Uh... It elevated really Can you quick. talk about it, or do you think you're going to... Uh... Yeah, it elevated really quick. How long did Richie last? 9.6 seconds. Okay, I lasted eight. Aaron lasted five and a half. I think he lasted shorter half. than that, though, but I, was, uh, I thought he was going to throw up, and then I got distracted. You looked like you were going to lose it. You looked like you were going to chuck. Uh, yeah, energy drink coming halfway up. <laughs> See, that's what I'm oh, saying. You can never get that out of your head. You don't even know what happens in the next, like, 45 seconds, dude. How can someone do that? 
Let's, and again, <laughs> we're not describing anything. Don't elaborate. Oh, my goodness. Bruce, you it, saw It's it. really not so bad, guys. You, guys are <laughs> oh, you are a bad person. You've probably seen a lot. <laughs> yeah, you've led a, a rich life, Bruce. All right, um, Richie, how bad on a scale of 1 to 10? <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Okay. Uh, All up right. there with, like, 9. Okay. Um, are you guys still game? Absolutely. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, we're going to flip a coin to see who will go first. Okay. Um, and then we're going to have you, uh, let's see here. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I should have said, uh, heads, uh, Penelope, tails, Chad. Tails, it's Chad. All right, Chad. All right, Chad. All right, Chad. All right, no, no, hold on. Now, here's the thing. Please take this. I already signed something. No, 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 you're going to sign this. Oh, you're going to read this on the okay. air. Go right. over to that microphone, please. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please read that, uh, that statement uh, into the microphone. I, your name, do hereby Don't acknowledge. Be an ass. Okay. I, Chad, do hereby acknowledge that the video content I'm about to view is done so voluntarily and of my own free will without duress. I do hereby agree to hold harmless CBS radio, their staff, management, and parent company from any and all distress, trauma, sickness, lack of appetite, nausea, or general discomfort I may experience as a result of viewing said video. <laughs> I make this statement. <laughs> I make this statement free of duress on this Thursday, November 1st, 2007. All right, please not assign. He has a good radio voice. Please not assign your name. Oh, jeez. Right there, top line. Let's see. Oh, life is hard, Chad. Okay, uh, it, it, blah. All right, right. signing this now as a witness. (laughs) All right. Okay, Chad, I'm ready. Please, again, no profanity. Of course. All right. um, Tell me when the video starts. Look away. Look away. All right. Bruce, are you running the the, the video, Bruce? Yeah, sure. Chad, all right. Go. Start? No, yeah. Okay. This is German porn. Okay, no big deal. Now. It starts now. now. Okay. Okay. Wow. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) Dude. You got to keep watching. Your eyes are closing. You're closing. Your eyes are closing. I I pinched my right eye. No, the left one's... Oh, wow. Well, you already... You don't have to watch the rest of it if you go to close your eyes. These, these oh, you just want to close German. one. Again. Come on, man. I mean, seriously. Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, he, oh, I think you Yeah, you looked away. You, it does get worse. Oh, oh he oh, looked away. Oh, you tricked me. He looked away. <laughs> That's it. How long? How long? How 36.9. 36 seconds. Oh, I got tricked by Rick Emerson. Oh, you... Mm. No, right. you looked away. That was a physical. You jolted. So far, I've still made it all the way, and it you does get dis- even you worse. Offend it me, gets sir. worse. All right. It gets Thank you, Chad. Worse. Sorry. Loser. Okay. <laughs> all right, Penelope. How do you now? Let's, before you go, Penelope. Now, how do you feel about this now, having seen the reaction of these able-bodied men? I am certain I can handle this. <sighs> all right. Okay. Uh, all right, Penelope. I'm going to give you this. Uh, this, please uh, go over to where Bruce Hagler is. Please read that statement into the microphone and then sign the top line. Sir. Thank you. <laughs> Can I just tell you this, by the way? On YouTube now, is there is a whole industry of just reaction videos to this, where you don't see the video, you just see the reaction. All right, uh, please read that statement, Penelope. All right. I, Penelope, do hereby acknowledge that the video content I am about to view is done so voluntary and of my own free will without duress. I do hereby agree to hold harmless... CBS Radio, their staff, management, and parent company from any and all distress, trauma, sickness, lack of appetite, nausea, or general discomfort I may experience as a result of viewing said video. 
I make this statement free of duress on this Thursday, November 1, 2007. you got a sexy voice. She has such a gentle, yeah. nice voice. You shouldn't show Chad her that. Chad looks a little sick, by the way. Chad was sort of shaking his head. You look like you're going to lose it over there. Do you right. wish that you hadn't have watched it? The top. Yeah, do you wish you hadn't watched it? Let's just say I've had some drunken nights and I've seen some similar things. Richie, do you wish you hadn't <laughs> seen it? Uh, I could have done that. Could, if you could take it back out of your head now, would you? I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. I think Bruce likes it. I will have to say, I've never been that drunk. I, what kind yeah, of I don't know what kind of friends you have and what you're drinking. No, uh... oh. oh, I see. All right. Okay, Bruce, you're going to be in charge of launching this? Yes. Okay, and Sarah? I'm ready. Uh, Bruce, let Sarah know when to start the timer. And I should say, the, the gross part is not the picture of the sheriff here on the screen. <laughs> yeah, he that's pretty it. gross. All right, uh, so let Sarah know when to start the timer. Ready? All right, begin loading, with Okay. Just hold on. Oh, lovely. Oh, no. I, is this oh. right here? Yeah, okay, now. That is amazing. Oh, she's still watching? Yes. Yeah, okay. Still watching. I thought she closed her eyes right. for a second. She's still watching. Oh, my. <laughs> Where do you think they got those? <laughs> oh, it gets worse. It really does get worse. Where do they come from? <laughs> Is that like a Craigslist ad? Maybe looking for. Wait, She's trying to dissociate. There's more. Oh, <laughs> That's <is> unreal. Oh, <laughs> I think she made it all the way. Is it all? Is it done? It's done. Oh my God. Congratulations, and you are vile. Thank you. you. If I can say this, and you've got the greatest, sweetest voice, and that you are de a deeply broken and disturbed individual. Congratulations. Thank you. Is that closed over there? I don't want to it walk is. over and see that. It's gone. Oh, how does it feel to be beaten by a girl? Huh? I'm okay with that. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, so Penelope. Yes. You uh. <laughs> When you speak, it's like I just hear little bells, and oh. um, and I smell sugar in the air. Uh, you've won um, a PSP game, SOCOM US Navy SEALs, Fire Team Bravo, uh, Ray Liotta, Jeremy Piven, Alicia Keys, Andy Garcia, Ben Affleck, and Jason Bateman in Smoke and Aces, awesome. uh, a marijuana t-shirt, and a case of Famous Famous Cookies yeah. from Eric the Vending Guy, and our, I guess, sort of respect, kind of, cool. in a weird way. Thanks. All right, thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> There's something you're kind of you're kind of freaky actually because you just yeah. seem so nice and, oh. and normal, and well, then you were able to watch. Just because she can watch that doesn't mean she's not nice and normal. No, I'm not saying. I mean, it's just it's odd, don't you think? The juxtaposition because like, cause look, we're all especially like Fat Boy and myself. We're all like you know all all tough and all like crude and everything on the outside, but then we just folded. We buckled like belts watching that. Well, let me ask you this: Do you have a job in the medical field? I do not. What do you do uh, for I think a living? You should what have a job of, in the medical field. What kind of of work do you do, if I can ask? Uh. Painting, property management. So you're not painting like autopsy photos or anything? No. All right. That'd be interesting. No, I'm not. Or perhaps a job in waste management. Yes, seriously. Think. All right. Uh, so I will give you this. <laughs> and uh, Richie, do you have all of her information? Yes. And I mean all of her information? Oh. No, winky, winky. 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 <laughs> winky. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you also yes. apparently went a date with Richie Bristol. So. Oh, okay. All right. Teach you how to do the splits? No, not yet. So Well, the day's not over. All right, Penelope Chad, thank you guys for listening. Thanks so much for coming Bye, in. We appreciate it. All right, thank you, Penelope. You're great. Thank you so much. All right. Bye guys.
All right. Should we take a break, Sarah? Let's do We'll that. be caught up. We'll actually come back at the top of the hour with uh, Tim Ryan. He'll get us caught up because we got a little bit of Rollins uh, interviewing coming up next hour. We'll get your phone calls as well. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on AM970, Solid State. Good God. Radio. Don't go anywhere. Crazy eyes. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Later on this hour, we'll talk to Henry Rollins, appearing tonight at the Aladdin Theater. Uh, like us at 3. Like us 101 at 5. Donna Mike at 7. Rick, can you add a segment where Penelope just comes on and reads us a bedtime story? Done, sir. I think that's a great idea. Consider it done. Hold on. Penelope, if you're listening, you are coming back at some point, and you're reading a bedtime story to everybody. Uh, yeah, she was great. Okay, that sounds creepier now that you say that. You know, whatever. I'm, I'm, it sounds creepy after what we just subjected Richie Bristol and Penelope and Chad. I want to. Timmy Ryan to watch it. Can I just tell you this? I just saw Rich, Richie Bristol. Can you please come to the? Uh, can you please come to the studio and then we'll uh, do some news and uh, get some calls and some stuff. <laughs> Richie still looks like he's gonna be sick. Why don't you come over here and pop into the, in the mic, uh, Richie? So now it's about ten minutes after you watch that video. How are you feeling? <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, is it still in your head? I'm trying to forget about it, but no, you keep on talking about You it. can't forget about something like that. It can never, you know, you, some things can never be unwatched, can they? No. I really honestly thought you were going to vomit. It's like you were reaching for the trash can, and you kind of had that sweaty, mouthful of saliva look. Yeah, I felt energy drink up my Is throat. it all coming back? Yeah. The more I talk about it? Yeah. My goal... Okay, seriously, you can't vomit in here. you got to vomit elsewhere. I thought someone... I was really... His eyes started watering, and he did that weird, like, covering... Yeah, like pulling a shirt over his mouth, <laughs> and you look kind of bug-eyed. Mike, my, uh, my hope and fear was that someone would hurl. I could tell that he was almost ready to vomit because I looked at him, and I almost vomited. Yeah, just that's yeah, how you can because he had the look, and he wasn't faking mm-hmm. it. Uh, you, uh, you know, you, you, there's some. How do I put this? There's some, uh, some physical sensations and reactions you can't fake convincingly for the most part, unless you're Ginger Lynn. You uh, were not <laughs> faking that you were about to vomit. So, yuck. What do you feel about Tim Ryan watching it? Tim Ryan, hello, sir. What's up? Oh, wait, let's say uh, Hello, Tim Ryan. There you go, your button. How are we there. doing? I'm here. How do you feel about Richie? Uh, uh, Richie, how do you feel about Tim Ryan watching? He looks this? like a tough guy, and, and I want to see him to see. That's the thing. Chad. I don't think, but I think Tim Ryan has enough of the crazy that it won't affect him. You score poor films for a living, a porn film for, for a living, though, right? I did, yes. You I, did. I, I, I still currently do from time to time. All right. So, I mean, you've seen. You've seen some You've things. seen some vile things. I've I've been on set and seen a lot of things. Well, you know what we should do? Here's what we should do later on. You don't even want to know what I've seen. I do, actually. Later on, we should line up a bank of calls. We'll give them the domain name, uh, and then we can just listen to callers watch it. I can I can kill a whole day that That's way. That's a great idea. All right, uh, Richie. So we'll do and, and uh, we'll we'll do that maybe later on in the hour. Thank okay. you so much. All right, let's do one call here and then we'll go to the news. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Rick. Hello. I vowed I would never let it get by again because I knew that you had the gum from Ozzy Osbourne's uh, mouth. Yes. That was the artifact. But I thought everybody else was going to get it, so I didn't call in. So I'm calling in every time I have a hunch. I can I can guess what the film was based on the difference between the reaction between the woman who seemed to be just a tad bit fascinated by it. Yeah, she did seem sort of strangely compelled by it. I, I have to say that. Please do not describe the content of the film, but you do believe you know what it is. I do. And here's the thing, and Sarah, now do you realize what I'm saying when I say that the, the, the disclaimer on my website has to be lengthy and specific? Yes. About like, seriously, no joke, I well, am not effing with you. It isn't like a build-up either. It seems like it happens pretty immediately. Oh, it, as Richie said, it escalates quickly. There has to be a serious disclaimer about, like, 
I am not screwing with you. Do not watch this. And I swear to God, if anybody watches this at work, you are begging for a fire. I just feel I feel really disgusting just even knowing the description of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, I don't know. So, if you think you know what this is. Right. Well, I'm going to put it on the uh, website later on the day. You'll be able to find out if you're right. We uh, can't talk about it on the air, though. Okay. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Okay, bye. All right, ladies. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, let's pay a visit to your friend Timmy Ryan. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Indeed, I'm Timmy, filling in for the real Tim Shady. Hello, how are you? Tim Riley. Hey, what's up? How's life? You always the have... real Tim Shady. Please don't call it that. Speaking of crazy eyes, you've always kind of got the crazy eyes going crazy on. He has crazy eyes. Explain. He doesn't make any eye contact. I always make because... eye contact. I because how how often do I see you, Sarah? Not a lot. I just saw so you in the hall. And every you didn't even make count. eye contact. Oh, that's because I was walking on by. Because I was looking. No, for we were talking. Shuffling we nervously, staring at the carpet, trying to look innocent. No, no. Okay, Rick said, "Hey, I'm going to find you here in a second. And you're like, "Hey, crazy." I'm like, "What's up?" And I was, I was looking for some chains <laughs> so I could get some of those really hot potato chips that are in there. Oh, the Blair's Death Rain potato chips. Those are really good. They are. See, so I'm not alone. You've had those. They're, they're okay. I keep telling the vending machine guy he's got to put more of those in there. There's you should a... just have a whole vending machine full of them. I am a big believer in that idea. They are the new chocolate checks mix. I like it. Chocolate. Yeah. No. So I'm. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. Well, the vending machine guy is going to come by. Some because he's got to drop off a case of famous Amos. Hey, Penelope has to come back at some point because she'll have a case of and chocolate chip cookies. And if you just so happen to have a bedtime story down here, <laughs> if do Richie, you see how creepy that is? If Richie just so happens to have a pommel horse. <laughs> oh, hey, look, I'm no creepier than Richie keeping her on the phone for like nine minutes talking about gymnastic activities that he wants to teach her. So, I like know. his spray bottle. Let's let's clarify. You're talking about his actual body of uh, his bottle of body spray. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I'm not attracted to it by any means. Is it a female torso or a male torso? No, it's male, and you know, I'm I'm straight, you know, but uh-huh. I'm kind Look, of. Uh-huh. We're an include. This I'm, is a big tent, Tim. Strangely, I'm, I'm like I'm not attracted to it. I'm just kind of drawn to it. I think that's the same thing. I think actually the dictionary definitions uh, uh, would imply that those are the same thing. Like no, a, no, I look at it and I kind of, I kind of go, what is this? What? Well, well, Let me ask you this. Would you say that Richie Bristol and his spray bottle is sort of like a sexual tractor beam? No. Really? You wouldn't say that? No. You're not the uh, it's not, it's, you're not the Millennium Falcon to his Death Star? It's kinda like watching it's like watching two cars crash. You know, you don't want to see it happen, but since it's happening you might as well watch and enjoy it. So you don't want to be attracted to Richie or his spray bottle. Right. But since they are such sensual items, you figure you'll just give into it. Right. I mean, you know, Richie was the one who taught me if it feels good, it can't be gross. <laughs> and if you tell anybody, I'll I'm kill kidding. a puppy. Kidding, Richie. <laughs> Whatever. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Bryan. With All the right. News. Let's do a Madonna story. Who dated everybody back in the 80s. A yes. new biography about pop superstar Madonna suggests the material girl briefly dated the rap superstar Tupac Shakur, uh, known to us in the hood as just Tupac, and may have been sizing him up for possible father material. According to the New York Daily News, in her book, Madonna, Like an Icon, Lucy O'Brien says Madonna, who was in her mid-30s at the time, felt her biological clock ticking and desperately wanted children. O'Brien says the singer had various relationships with unlikely men. Now, now the, the kids that she has now, are uh, are those... Her nope. kids, or she adopt them? No, she had one with her fitness trainer, Carlos something. That's right, Carlos the Jekyll, Carlos the guy. She her, was yeah, stud trainer. She was stud bred. That's kind of what, let, let's just call a spade a spade on that. <laughs> That's actually very accurate. Stud bread. She was fired. I knew this was a good idea last night when I called you. Um, I was drunk at the time, though. So what about, now what about Guy Ritchie? Is he, uh, is he less than no, a man? He's, he's the father of Rocco. 
God, I have a sad life. <laughs> you know this stuff, man. <laughs> so she has one kid from the stud, uh, one kid from uh, the guy, Richie. And she has one adopted African-American child. And a strap-on dildo. Named David. And no, not the dildo is not named David. That's the... Boy, things have just uh, things have just gone into the sewer really quickly. As soon as Bruce leaves, it's like all the mice come out to play. Uh, all right, so she was sizing up Tupac Shakur, euphemistically, I'm assuming, for father material. Right, because as we all know, Tupac is just, you know, the, uh, the role model for... A perfect father. I mean, Those are exactly the genes you want. Um, all right. Well, he was a backup dancer at one point. And she does seem to fancy backup dancers. Just like Britney. Yes. No. It's, have you ever seen the? Uh, mm-hmm. Have you ever looked through the? Um, uh, yeah, I never thought about that. That is another Britney Madonna correlation. I really, honestly, never thought about that. I think they're secretly related somehow. Well, because Madonna uh, dated some of her backup singers, uh, and a lot of them were gay, but a lot of them weren't. Now she she had some relationships with the guys who were dancing for her. And Britney did the same thing, and mm-hmm. that's so weird, actually, because you, because of those Britney photographs that just came out where she's on the pre slap. I wonder if she is. I wonder if there's somebody. If, if there was somebody like arcing out all of the like you used to hear these stories about how um, and there's a book called Kiss and Sell, which is about the book Kiss, about the band Kiss, and the book says they would describe these meetings. Or like Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons and whoever would get together around this, it's the saddest story, get together around this huge conference table like Kiss, you know, Fortress of Solitude or whatever, and they would buy all of those metal magazines that were so big in the 80s, like Metal Edge and Rip and Cream and whatever, and they would spread them all out on the table, and then they would just go through and take notes on whatever Bon Jovi was doing, and then they would just do the same thing. And so they would go through, and it's like, look, Bon Jovi is wearing these pants and using this kind of lighting rig. And then Kiss would just start to do whatever Bon Jovi did. So maybe Britney is doing the same thing with Madonna. Yeah, she's just taking notes and saying, well, Madonna does this, so I guess it's good for me. But but I have to do it on a $5 budget. She's white trash. Here is uh, Tim Ryan. I right, going back to this. Um, the author was quoted as saying she was going out with Tupac, but homegirls were saying to him, I can't believe you're going out with a white girl. So... All the information she dug up pointed out to the fact that his homies were mad that, you know, he was dating a white girl. All right. I thought that was a good thing. I gangster world. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's the assessment of Tim Ryan. I have no idea. Whatever. <laughs> should we have a disclaimer about things I say? Yes. Yes. yes we Everything we say is not necessarily in agreement with that. No, it's fine. Rick Emerson or the fact <laughs> at CBS. I'm sorry. I got like a whole thing here. I think I swallowed a swallowed a thing. I think I swallowed part of that video. All right, go ahead. Let's do some toilet news. Cam, please. I think that was the last hour. All right. It's Tim Ryan of the Ministry of Truth. I still want to see that video. All right. The world's busiest airport, apparently this is in Atlanta, hopes to fight the drought by allowing less water to be used in their 1,000-plus toilets. That, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which reports the airport plans to save money by adjusting the automatic sensors in the Hartsfield-Jackson public restrooms so they use less water. Now, this is where? This is in America or this is overseas? No, this is over in, uh, in Georgia. Okay, let me ask you Where they this. have outhouses. Am I, am, I the, am, I the, am I the only one who does this where you go to, and it's always at an airport? Mm-hmm. Or, or at some place where you desperately need to get your hands clean because like, you put too much, like there's nothing worse. You put a lot of soap on your right. hands. And then the water pressure is so lackluster that the soap cannot be removed. Mm-hmm. And so you're there, like, scrubbing for an hour, but it just makes more soap bubbles. And you're sort of more like, the soap won't come off! And you feel like you've got battle fatigue or something. And then, of course, to take it one step further, some of those sinks, it's not just the water pressure that cannot be adjusted. It is, in fact, the water temperature that can also not be changed right. in any way. So you've got this dribble of lukewarm water coming out of the faucet. You already can't get the soap off your hands. And then what happens? The water stops coming out, 
And you're like waving your hand like you're trying to, you know, do semaphore for Helen Keller or something. You can't, you can't get the water to start again because the sensor just doesn't. The sensor assumes that you need 13 seconds of water, and that's it. I have a solution for all here. All right, so they want to use less water, and uh, you want to get your hands clean. Why don't they just have a toilet that doubles as a sink? I don't know why nobody's thought of it. Let me make a After note to myself. After you're done, you just kind of wash up, you flush, and there you go. Well, I, well, you know, this is like that thing that they would always tell you about. You know, in the event of a water outage or some sort of a power fluctuation, the water in the tank of your toilet is drinkable. No one will ever do that. No one, I don't care how, can I just tell you this? Now, Sarah's already disgusted by a lot of the stories about where I drink water, from where I drink water. So, you know, where I drink. Oh, when you drink it out of the ba- uh, the bathroom of an airplane? You know, I drank bathroom water from Barracuda no, last actually, night. Today's just a gross day, and I was just looking on the Internet, and I accidentally just stumbled upon a picture of somebody squished by a truck. Oh. That is like the worst thing ever. Somebody posted it in someone's MySpace comment, and huh? now I can't unsee it. So I I think that's worse than your thing. Hey, how does... What? Doesn't oh, that... you mean not my thing, the video, my thing yeah. last night. No, I drank, I drank bathroom water at Barracuda last night. See, that's the face right there that you make. Well, because Bathroom I was. You've water. seen how old that building is. We've been downstairs. You see the plumbing. You I see? was. I was thirsty. What's I going to do? And, it, and ask you, the bartender for no, no, water. I did, but I went and they give you that tiny little uh, the Camel cigarettes plastic cup. That's like it's not a shot glass, but it's not a full size glass. I mean, it's like maybe like it's like a maybe half a coffee cup. That's how much water is. Because I was really thirsty. I want to drink. Alcohol is not going to make you. It's not going to quench your thirst. So I go to the bar. And she was really nice, but they were just very busy upstairs. And I said, hey, uh, you know, how about some water? She's like, no problem. She gives me the thing. But, of course, you know, done, gone. It's like that cup of water at the dentist's office. So I, I went and I just I filled it out of the bathroom tap. But the entire time, A, I was a little off put by it because you know that a bathroom and a bar, I mean, you, I mean, you might as well be drinking water at a rendering plant. And, B, I knew that you were going to make that face when I told you about it today because of the whole airplane water story. Um, this email says... Hey, so Tim Ryan really works there. I thought they just flew him in for games or something. Hey, does this movie that you were talking about involve two women? Yes, it does, sir. Oh, it does? It's women? Yeah. That's weird. That makes it so much worse. Although, who knows? I don't know Penelope's personal life. Do you see their faces? Oh, yes. Up close and personal? Oh, yeah. He does do porn you said you, you, said, you said you said two women, and there's obviously a video, so I had to add some of my own. You, and Jimmy just, Ryan, I think that you should watch the video while making your own porn music. Is it just habit at this point that you start making that sound? Um, that's a great idea. You should have to maintain that, though, throughout the video, and if you stop doing it, that counts as a loss. And we get to hit you. Do how, I, how do you feel about watching this video? Sure. Do I, he really wants I don't, to. I don't have to read the disclaimer because I've already signed all my CBS stuff. And you work here. A so year and a half we, ago. Right. We can make and you, we're in the safe box And we're right in now. the studio doing a, bro, a broadcast, which right. means that we can do whatever we want. There are no, There's no law here. And I'm kind of like the bastard child of CBS radio at this point. I never said that, Tim Ryan. That's not the... You are close to the bosom of the Rick Emerson show. Oh, your bosom. Yeah. You have a nice bosom. <laughs> You're nestled in between my radio bosoms. I like the, the nipple ring. My... Okay. Here's Tim Ryan. Richie was telling me the story about how he pierced his own nipple. What? With a needle and a thread. Why do you tell me these things when we have no time? I'm sorry, I forgot. He could to get initiated into a cool club, is what he told oh, me. Oh, yeah, that's the really cool club. Like, yeah. What club? The gangrene Ooh, the club? The one nipple ring club. <laughs> <laughs> the infected nipple club. Can I be a member? Uh, Richie, nipple. I'm writing this down for tomorrow. We'll have Wade McCollum ask him about it while giving him a rubdown. Richie, nipple ring. Today has just zipped by, and I don't mean any knock on Bruce or Tim, but we were sort of, you know, we're always apprehensive when somebody's gone because you're sort of like, well, is the show going to flow? Is it, you know, we had that opening 20 minutes today where none of us could talk, right? But damn it, this show hasn't been fantastic, and if it hasn't just gone by like a freight train. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim Ryan, go ahead. 
You go ahead. I'm I'm gonna, I can continue now. Sweet. I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put newspaper up on the window again. <sighs> All right. Okay. We have an Alanis Morissette story. Fantastic. Here we go. All right. Alanis Morissette is entering familiar territory on the big screen soon. Billboard.com reports that the ironic singer will play a singer in a movie based on a sci-fi novelist. Philip K. Dick's Radio Free Abema. The singer character is part of vision seen by a record label executive. Philip K. Dick is the guy who wrote uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is the basis for Blade Runner. I will say this. I'm not a big fan of Alanis Morissette's music, but A, Sarah, I hate her. Sarah sat on a toilet right after Alanis Morissette I did. did. It was warm. And B... And she flushed. I will say that, Aww. unlike some people who work here who yeah. use the bathroom, the women's room, and don't ever flush. You're so um, gross. And B, uh, Alanis Morissette... Even though I don't, I guess this isn't really the ringing endorsement I thought it would be. When she didn't speak in um, Dogma, she was really great. Uh, she plays God in Dogma. That's exactly the same thing um, when she was on an episode of Sex in the City. She was playing a bisexual lady. And she didn't talk? No, and she didn't talk, and she was great, and then she did, and she just sounded awful. Not unlike Britney. Just as soon as the mouth opens, it's all bad. I can't tell if she's hot or not. I go back and forth. She's, I talk about this sometimes. I don't know. Alanis Morissette. She was hot enough not. to date that... Hot guy, whatever his name is, Ryan something or other. Who? I, oh, what was Ryan guy? Was he a yeah, Canadian? Because they got different standards up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. She, you know, she's kind of goofy looking. She you is. know what I mean? I don't think she's ugly, but I don't think. Oh, the guy was in Van Wilder. I don't even know who that is. Okay. I mean, I know Van Wilder, but I couldn't tell you the name of the guy. I do her, though. I, I do oh, her just yeah. to say that I did her. Oh, of course. I'm like, like yeah. do, How high are your standards to me? Ryan? I would completely do Rosie I have, O'Donnell. Well, I have high enough standards, but I, I was talking with somebody about this. What I do about somebody... doing Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah, exactly, because I could say that I did Rosie O'Donnell. That is true. No, I do that. Just to be like, yep, yeah, I did her, and here's how it was. <laughs> like, <laughs> there really is probably a finite list of men who can make that observation about Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, I'm just speculating. Maybe there's a lot I don't know. Like I was uh, talking to Casey across the hall. I said, "Hey, uh, would you would you do Ron Jeremy?" She's like, "Oh, gross!" But there's a lot of girls who would just to say they did. Uh, now, Sarah, you would not do Ron Jeremy. No. I mean, issues of health, and of course, I had opportunities where I could have slept with a famous person. I was going to say, and there's, and there's, and I'm. By the way, I should say that, of course, uh, by you know, I'm not implying anything. Ron Jeremy, of course, is a you know safe sex and all that, and is the picture of health. But I'm saying right that now. is a that is a fear that some people sometimes have about it, like you know, yeah. porn star, or whatever. They go, well, what about the AIDS? And, the, and there's nothing like that with Ron Jeremy. You just are not attracted to him. Can I can I tell yeah. you something right now? Yeah. Well, I'm not into sleeping with someone just because they're famous. Um, would you sleep with Ron Jeremy? No, but I have been with a porn star. Really? Yeah, I've been with a girl who's in porn. Yeah. Now, what two, I'm... two actually, suicide girl and a girl who uh, is star did... pushing it a little. Um, I was going to say, is it well, a okay, relative well, stardom or, or she actual? She in a basement she, with a shag carpet. No, no. <laughs> she did pretty good for herself. She was in a bunch of, like, fetish videos or whatever, and then I guess she did one girl-on-girl -girl thing. and then uh, Would it make you uncomfortable to find her on the Internet and show us? Oh, she, she's around here. <laughs> yeah, she's around somewhere. I think her name is, like, a cane or something, or is her screen name? I don't. I What's great is that you, you slept with a porn star, and it was apparently so unmemorable you don't even remember her name. I mean, really, honestly, how sad is that? No, it was okay. And then, a cane? A cane or whatever. And then uh, there's this girl who was a suicide girl this for a while. This is the best so. show ever. Oh, everyone's a suicide girl. <laughs> everyone's a suicide girl for 15 minutes. Um, well, you know, I, we had Christy Canyon on the show one time. Oh, Christy, I, Christy Canyon. I love... I love mean, that other one. I stop. I love Christy Canyon, largely from when I was a teenager, you know. Mm -hmm. she's. I mean, she's, you know, older. and You, you age quickly in porn. Um, she, you know, didn't look as good as she used to, but, you know, I'm a big fan of Christy Canyon. I love her. Um, Who's and, the blonde uh, one that we had in? 
Ginger Lynn. Ginger Lynn. She's a legend. Ginger Lynn. Ginger Lynn is great. I always wanted to get Nina Hartley on the show. We were never able to do that. And then we had some sort of like fifth and ninth and fortieth tier points. Ooh, like the woman with the biggest boobs in the world. Yeah. That was really gross. Uh, I think you have enough newspaper up. And then Rachel Rotten. That's a lot of newspaper. All right. Um... So, okay, we got to do this, and then we're going to take a break, All and right. then we're going to do Rollins. We'll have the Rollins interview on the other side, uh, and then some more news from Tim Ryan. Fantastic. All right, so should we make him watch the video? Let's make him Is watch it the video. Well, down? we're not making him do anything he doesn't want to do. Shall we offer him the video? Yeah. yeah. You're not making me as you strap me down. All right. Is the, open uh, my eyelids. It's down. It's down. Okay, so it's here's down. the thing, Tim. You, you must uh, make that porn noise. Do I get a prize if I make it through? No. Well, the prize is my respect. Yes, if you can call it that. <laughs> uh, you gotta you gotta make the porn noise the entire time, and it's up to you to close this window when you're done. All right? Okay. How long does this go on? About sixty seconds. It's up to you to close this when we're done. Okay, so. All right. So. No, no, no. It goes on for sixty seconds. Here so, we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, hold on a second. It'll now watch the center of the screen. Okay, here we go. No swearing. I Keep won't. going. <laughs> You gotta keep your eyes on the screen. <laughs> My mouth is getting dry. <laughs> How long do I have to keep doing this? <laughs> you just keep watching. <laughs> it's almost over. You'll know when it's over. Fantastic. I made it through. Congratulations. Well done. You know. How do you feel about yourself having watched that? Bless me, my father, for I have sinned. Yes. I'm going to confession now. All right. Back after this, more of Tim Ryan. Uh, also, Henry Rollins coming up. Like us at three. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. Uh, later on, we got uh, Lycus coming up at 3. Uh, we have uh, Lycus 101 at 5. Sorry, I'm just getting all of these. Um... Is it Ryan Reynolds? Is that the guy? Ryan Reynolds, now, yep. who is Re- he's the guy. He was the guy in Van Wilder? Yeah, he was the main guy. I can't remember what else he was in, though. This is Van Wilder, or is this Van Wilder, The Rise of Taj? The first one. All right. The, Ryan one, the one that everybody Reynolds. saw. Yeah. All right. And so this is, is he an attractive man? Pretty, he's a very, very good-looking man. Well, she is, uh, we were talking about Alanis Morissette, whether <gasps> she's attractive or not. Oh, is it That's Rollins? Me. Oh. Mm. All right. I just, I can't figure it out. She is, um, you know, she's one of those people, she has a strange... She's like uh, Meryl Streep, although Meryl Streep actually was really attractive uh, at one time. There was a there was a time when when you know Meryl Streep really was, and even now, 
I mean, I know this makes me sound like the world's biggest sissy, but I, I told that story about it, when I was living in Utah and just watching um, the bridges of Madison County and just sitting here with my date and just crying like a woman. I still have never seen that. Oh, it's a great movie. Oh, yeah. And I know that makes me sound like less than a man. So, you know, just oh, no, take from manly. that what you will. Clint Eastwood. Sitting Is there in the... Me? Yes, well, that was my excuse. It's an Eastwood film. It hits manly. And just sitting there, and the, the woman I was with, like, patting my hand and comforting me. I'm just sitting there, and it's all so sad. She's like, it, it'll, it'll be okay, right? Oh, all right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-733-2970. Um, it is not an overstatement to say you all know my next guest. Um, I'm just a workaholic is a word that gets used a lot, uh, but a guy who exudes uh, art and creativity out of all of his various orifices uh, in every sense. Um, books, music, interviews, spoken word, movies, and, of course, uh, on IFC, on the... Um, Independent Film Channel, uh, The Henry Rollins Show is going to continue its second successful season uh, with new episodes airing every Friday at 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Appearing tonight at the Aladdin for Provoked, an evening of quintessentially American opinionated, uh, opinionated editorializing and storytelling. So welcome now to The Rick Emerson Show, the one and only Henry Rollins. Hello, Henry. How are you? Hey, how are you, man? How are you? Uh, I imagine you're in Portland now as we speak, or are you en route? No, no, we're we're right outside the venue, actually. Here. Excellent. Uh, have you been? Uh, you have been at the Aladdin before. I think I saw you there a couple years ago, actually. Oh yeah, I, I think the first show I did here was like '95 or perhaps earlier. So yeah, many times here, really good time. And I have to tell you this, and I, I hate to sound like just some uh, jackhole radio personality who's just like waxing your car, but I was actually talking to Sarah Dillon, who's my producer here, and I'm saying I saw you at the Schnitzer a couple of years ago. And I mean, I'm a guy that I come on and I just you know sort of flap my gums for a few hours every day and you know whatever. But seeing you. Uh, walk out on stage, and for people who have not experienced your spoken word, come out on stage. It's you know, bottle of water, microphone, single spotlight, uh, and you know, and you for I think that night it was three three hours and twenty minutes, three and a half hours of just talking. And to what extent do you plan that stuff out? A lot of people think that well, he's just freestyles it every night. But do you have set pieces, or do you is that yeah. just straight out of your brain every night? Well, no. I mean, you you basically make a set list. Uh, in your mind, and it's basically like buoys uh, in a dark sea. You know, just, just kind of like landmarks, like you're going to talk about this topic. And it's a story you tell. You know, like I, I went somewhere, so I'm going to bring you back the facts from that story. Uh, and I know I'm going to hit on that, and then from there I'm going to go to that. How I get from topic to topic, this just depends on the night. But I give myself a fairly clear path lest I go out there and just kind of spin my wheels on the people's time. Do you feel like the tone or the vibe of what you do on stage varies from night to night in the sense that sometimes if somebody has heard Black Flag or the Rollins Band, or they've, they might get ones that they oh, yeah, he's the angry, the brooding guy. He's going to punch you. And then you know, a lot of the spoken word, though, is largely uh, comic. I mean, and I mean that in the best way. It's very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. There's some of these, these experiences, you know, uh, you can find some humor in there. You know, uh, if you don't, then you're... you're you, you should, you know. It, uh, yeah, well, I've done so many of these shows now for since 1983. I think people kind of know what they're getting into, and there's been enough of it on TV or on DVD. So we're, I don't think anyone's going to go to the show and go, "Oh, how, I thought he was just going to yell at us for two hours." Uh, so I, I think maybe that, maybe in the past that had happened, but I'm... now I think people kind of get know what they're in for a bit. I remember hearing, um, I won't pretend to be like more old school than I remember hearing Talking from the Box, which was, I think that was early to mid-90s, 
1840 that came out. Yeah, and uh, and just and then kind of working my way uh, backward uh, to live at McCabe's and uh, Sweatbox and that stuff. And it really is uh, you know, not that it sound more melodramatic than the situation calls for, but it really is like a journey. A lot when you go to see uh, you know Henry Rollins do his thing, he gets on stage and he does take you to sort of a place figuratively anyway, and then kind of brings you back again. And you. Not to make the the obvious bad pun, but speaking of going places, I know a lot of this, and you've talked about going overseas. Is it, it where have you gone? Because you've gone to do some stuff in the military too. Yeah, I've done a lot of USO work over the years. Seven USO tours outside of America, and many hospital visits to Walter Reed and Bethesda Naval Medical. Uh, I was just at Bethesda a few weeks ago and met a lot of patients with a traumatic brain injury. You know, a lot of people with a part of their brains missing, part of their skulls missing. It's pretty, pretty rough. Did but you, they appreciate the visit. Did you ever, in, in any fever dream in the past, ever imagine uh, that you know you would be there uh, on stage, on a base, whatever, uh, talking to the military at any point? If I had told you that, you know, however, whatever, twenty years ago, I, I mean. No, I mean no. Uh, I no. I, I I really didn't think that was going to be uh, part of the schedule. You know, the USO contacted me years ago and said, you know, do you have interest in going out there and talking to troops? And you know, the the war I don't like, but the troops I like very much. So I said, yeah, I'll I'll do that. And that started this uh, very involved thing with the USO. And I've been in, in Iraq and Kuwait and Afghanistan and Kyrgyzstan, uh, Qatar. Uh, the United Arab Emirates, Djibouti, Africa, Egypt, Turkey, Honduras, Japan, South uh, Korea, uh, probably a few other places I can't remember. But, yeah, it's been quite educational, eye-opening, and it's good to be able to tell, uh, talk to the troops and make them laugh or, you know, try to. We're talking to uh, Henry Rollins, who's going to be the, the Aladdin tonight. When you first, uh, well, say when you first joined uh, Black Flag, what was what was the horizon in your mind at that point? What, when you first joined Black Flag, what was the gold ring as you saw it? Oh, good question. Um, in those days, believe it or not, we were just so kind of, uh, we never really thought much past the next meal because there, there wasn't really any evidence that there was anything, not even that next meal. Like you weren't getting paid. We had, um, in those days, we had a $5 a day per diem. And then when we were doing really well, we'd have a $5 one day, $7.50 the next day per diem. And by the end of Black Flag in 86, you got 150 bucks a week per diem. And that was just your salary. And there's never any royalties paid. And you never were all that fed. And you never thought there was anything more than the van, the show, the people you met, and, you know, the, a little bit of money. So um, rock star aspirations were really never on the table because there's no ev ever evidence. It wasn't our motivation to play anyway, but there was never any evidence that that would ever happen. I didn't even think I'd be able to ever pay my rent until, like, the early 90s. I thought it was just going to be this crazy scramble at the 28th of every month trying to somehow out of the ether pull, you know, 380 bucks out of the air and, and keep my, my room. At, at the time, or maybe now in retrospect, do you, maybe not realize is, is the right word, but do you, do you feel like, or are you even in a strange way grateful for the fact that you guys were just so dirt poor? Do you think it informed the music or the experience in uh, some oh, way? Absolutely, sure. It makes you, it, it, all of that is, is good in, in retrospect. Sure, it makes you respect what it is that brought you to the, 
practice room. You know, the motivation was pure. Uh, it makes you re uh, really appreciate anything fortunate that comes your way. Like, I, I, I've never kind of grown out of the idea of how great a meal is. I mean, it, it, I've never, uh, that's never been lost upon me f because of all of that. And, uh, and also the fact that all this can go away very quickly. I, you, know, you, you can see how quickly it's not, uh, it's not set in stone. You have some good years, and then maybe next year no one cares anymore. So you appreciate everything, and just being, being grateful is the way to go. We're talking to Henry Rollins, who's at the Aladdin Theater tonight. Speaking of, I don't know, you never know if you're going to be here tomorrow, if you have a few good years. There was that moment in the early to mid-'90s where sort of there was the, uh, for lack of a better word, that sort of alternative nation uh, time where it seemed like MTV or whoever it is, the sort of tastemakers in the major media sort of focused on a particular kind or genre of music or what they thought to be a yeah. genre of music. And yeah, we all had our 15 minutes. What well, was that? people had like a, a big, a, a, you know, a career of that. But we had the 15 because MTV paid attention to one of our videos for six weeks. And your life changes. I mean, like there's all five to 700 people more per show per night. Because, you know, of that single, the people come out of the woodwork, you know, those who buy their records in strip malls. It's kind of like, you know, consumers more than fans right. who kind of go silent for the set until you play the one song they recognize and they go woo-woo and then they buy the shirt and go home. Then the next single comes out and those people fade away. But that summer, you know, we did all those radio festivals with all those big bands. And, for you know, thankfully we were cynical enough to know it was just 15 minutes and we just went about our business and got on with things. But it was an interesting kind of bend in the road. But that kind of time tends to crystallize you if you're not careful just to keep moving. Like, you know, people go, you're that guy who did that song. Yeah. And, you know, for me it was a B-side. And we wrote it in about five minutes. And it's not the only song I ever wrote. But, but for a lot of people, it is. So you... You just have to deal with that and get on with it. I'm sorry. From from that time, what was was there a moment when you sort of looked around and and just sort of realized like, why are we here in this place? I mean, was there a time when you felt like you were being asked to to do something, or you finished opposing with somebody, or standing on stage somewhere in a place where you just kind of in your head were like, this is just not like, why am I here? Yeah, some of those radio concerts where we so stuck out, and that those audiences were so not into us. Um, we're talking to Henry Rollins. You said once in print, uh, this is some time ago, you said something to the effect of, somebody asked about uh, the Rollins band, I think, and you said, well, you know, rock is kind of a young man's game, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know to you know how long I'm going to do it or to what extent. Do you still feel that way, or do you feel like... Yeah, yes, for the most part. I mean, there's people I admire who are older than I am out there performing, but it's kind of like a ceremonial thing when you see them do it, or they'll play have to play like 30-year-old songs. And I, I don't know if I'd want to be like the other night I saw Van Halen play, and I really liked it. But it was like you know three fifty-year-old men and a sixteen-year-old playing thirty-year-old music, and I, I don't know just how much more than just a museum showpiece it was. I don't know if it was a real, real viable art more than just uh, well, here's what it used right. to be like. It was like a documentary. I mean, I, I re you know I love those records, and I I had a good time. I'm going to see him again. Uh, later this month in Los Angeles. But it was just kind of weird where I wouldn't want to go and do that for two months no matter what they paid me. I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to be in Black Flag going and playing someplace tomorrow night for whatever you want to pay me and have to do those old songs and be in that 
kind of on a glass box on display. Steven Tyler, of all people, and I'm certainly in no position to speak for Steven Tyler or his motivations, but I, he, he said something that was both great and, and sort of sad and poignant one time. He said he was somebody pointed out to him that he was becoming, in their opinion, a self-caricature. And he said he sort of waited for a while, and then he said the conclusion he came to in his own head was, well, screw it then. Why not? Why not become a self-caricature? And you know what? If once upon a time it was all about, you know, effort on a Friday night, then, you know, maybe now it's about remember when. And I guess everybody kind of comes to that fork where you, you go, as you said, yeah. you either become a waxwork or, or you drop it and you do something else. And I guess yeah, they each yeah. have validity. Yeah, I mean, I've hung out with Tyler a bit, and he's a really good guy. I mean, I really like him because he's honest and he, he's really on the surface. You know, like you, you ask him something, and you know, he's he, he's an emotional guy. I spent quite a bit of time interviewing him lately, and uh, he he really likes. You know, that that's the original lineup of that band. You right. know, like they really. And, and when he talks about the band, it's just like some small bar band he's talking about. He goes, "Well, you know, me and Joe were working on this." You're like, "Oh, he's talking about." Freaking Aerosmith, right? You know, and, and he's still—it's still like a small band to him. It's like this thing that he does. They do. It's their, it's their thing, and I, I think it's his life. And, and um, I think he's completely honest with all of that. But you know, I, every night he's got to go out there and do uh, "Walk This Way," "Sweet Emotion," "Draw the Line." You know, he's, like Mick Jagger, they've got to do at least twenty of the core songs right. a night. Hope it's fun because you know, quite honestly, no one cares about that new record, Mick. Right. No one cares. And if they played, if the Rolling Stones had the audacity to play half of their new album, which would I think would, what you should do at least, um, most of the audience would go, whoa, 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 what the hell are you doing? You know, they're like, we want honky tonk women and all of that, and I wouldn't want to have a living based upon resting upon my laurels. I'd rather just have the harder, more unenviable statistics. Here you are in 2007. Here's your here's your new gear. Fall on that sword, and we'll see what happens. We're talking to Henry Rollins he's tonight at the Aladdin. Just before we kind of wrap things up, I know that um, you hear. Speaking of rock stars, and especially a certain, I think, generation of rock stars, Ozzy comes to mind. He said this a lot. He said that. Uh, he said, "Well, if I wasn't doing this, uh, he said I'd, I'd either be in prison, or I'd be dead, or I'd be yeah. whatever. What if if you were not out there pouring it out on a stage somewhere somehow?" I mean, is it is there any other viable life for you, or is this is this it? Is it a one way street for you? Well, you know, there, I have different avenues that how I get uh, you know my thing across, and um, all of them seem to work. I mean, I, I I draw an income from every single one of the things I do. Like I could just work at my company, and that, that's okay. Um, I think I'd always be working, and, and and I don't necessarily have to be in the entertainment business. I I, just, I like working. I mean, I could go back to, you know, loading a truck, it would be fine. I mean, I don't know if my back could take it, but um, um, I'm not afraid of work. So, and I, I think at this point I could probably improv something. Excellent. Henry Rollins, uh, it's a pleasure. It's uh, for anybody that has not seen you. I think the Tonight Show is actually uh, sold out, but you should check out at the Aladdin see if there's uh, any chance of squeaking in there. It's going to be uh, fantastic, as it always is. So, uh, Henry, thanks so much. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight. All right, sir. I'll see you soon. Thank you, my friend. There you go. Richie, if you want to just uh, double-check with him, make sure everything went uh, went swimmingly there. All right. Thank you so much. All right. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Henry Rollins, uh, who's going to be at the Aladdin Theater. All right. Cool, cool, cool. How cool is that guy? That was an amazing interview. Much better than the time I interviewed him in 96. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't, oh, I'm Henry. Fantastic. All right. Wow, well, he's one of the most, like, well-put-together speakers so, I've ever heard. He is just, like, so grounded and just so, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? All right, there you go. Good job. All right, go Rick. Back after this, kids, it's the Rick Emerson Show. All right. How cool was that guy?
Henry Rollins. I was very proud of you. You know the great thing about that is, is that it erases the old interview. Oh, totally. It bumps the bad interview I did. You've been talking years. about that bad interview for 11 years. Oh yeah. Now I have to think about it and go. Yeah, remember that time I interviewed him? He was great, wonderful. Uh, and I and I won't say this again because it's, it's you know I'm gonna go on about it. But uh, really, uh, do yourself a favor and uh, and go check out like uh, the Boxed Life uh, or maybe um, maybe a thing called Live at McCabe's, which is some of uh, Henry's old spoken word stuff. Live really, at McCabe's. At live at McCabe's uh, in uh, Scotland, Ireland, wherever. Oh no no no. I was thinking of New York. No, I think it's in Ireland, actually, because he starts off by railing on YouTube. Uh, so it's great. It's uh, So go check those out. They, they really are fantastic. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, pay a final visit to the Ministry of Truth with one and only Tim Ryan. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Ryan. <laughs> Didn't we just say Timmy Ryan for, you know, continuancy purposes or whatever? I have difficulty calling a grown man. Please don't do we that. We had a Scotty. We had a Scotty. Timmy, I'm not getting this. Now, you know, at one I, point, I just sent you the picture. Now, this is a picture of the porn star you allegedly had sex with. I did several times. <laughs> Look at that. Did you see the smirk? You, did you see the little, the little cocky He's grin? So skeezy. That was all. <laughs> skeezy. You what are I, skeezy. You're the definition of skeezy. You really are. Well, what do you mean by skeezy? Though? You're proud. Don't don't try. I can see that gleam yeah, in your eye. Still smiling, and I still am not getting a porn star picture. I don't. Sarah, uh, okay, I, let me. I'm, I'm gonna walk over. Email address. Show me. The Hold on. Okay, here we go. Show me. It's in the recycle bin. This porn star, you allegedly, you have to take it Restore. Out of you have to put it on the uh, desktop. Okay, here we go. And here she is. Well, I can't tell anything from Yeah, that. I can't either. She's skinny and she's hot. And that was one of her... her um, is she tied up? Not by me. <laughs> she sent me that. See, I didn't... You can't see her eyes, you can't see her teeth, and you can't see her body. That would okay, be a drawing. First off, first off, let me tell you this. It could be I'm like not, some sort of anime. I'm not attracted to girls with bad teeth. I'm not attracted to girls with a bad body. And she was hot. She was smoking. <laughs> yes, because many people are. Yeah, you're yeah, you're a real elitist. And, you know, and I didn't even know that she did that stuff until, like, after we talked for a while. And then she sent me, I'm like, hey, well, why don't you send me some more pictures of yourself? And then she sent me... <laughs> she sent her website, <laughs> .com. Oh, I saw the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay, we have to get her on the show at some point. If we got her on the show, would she? I mean, she would. She would admit it. I mean, she enjoyed her time with me. But I guess she was seeing. Listen to that. She, she enjoyed, enjoyed her time with she me. She was seeing this other guy, and basically, she was messing around with me to kind of prove a point to him. I mean, I wasn't heartbroken. She's a porn star. Does she Doesn't live in that town? Really por- <laughs> Doesn't that really prove I think she the does, point? Actually, yes. The only Akane who lives in Portland is sixteen. No, no. Oh, well, pwned. No, she's at least she's at least twenty nine. I think. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right, Don Vito, whatever you say. <laughs> whatever, Victor Margera. Whatever. All right. You want to do some news? Yes, but I've turned right. over a new leaf. I only date good, wholesome girls now. Uh-huh. And sleep with the point stars. <laughs> Move along. Precisely. All right, guess what? Another celebrity has been busted for a DUI, driving while stupidly intoxicated. Sarah pointed this out. Actor Daniel Day Kim, who you might remember, is in the show Lost, which is sucks. It's gin to be lost or sauced. Yeah, sauce. <laughs> yeah, everybody's everybody's just drunk on that show all the time. It's like the Drew Carey show. It's a good thing they didn't drive afterwards. Because he's like the third one yeah. from that program. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're all just drunk because their show sucks. They have to drink themselves. <laughs> Timmy Ryan? <laughs> you're, you're slipping into 70 seconds mode. I can sense it. I know. This isn't your opinion. This is the news. Oh, wait, hold sorry. on. Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Because the way you have to do it is... Uh, okay. wait. <clears throat> no, no, no. You know, they're all just drunk because their show sucks. Right there. Isn't that how you do it? They... Right there, yeah. is that your little your story breaker? Precisely. Oh, okay. Uh, here we go. I'll, I'll read this without interjecting my own opinion. After Daniel Day Kim was arrested <laughs> on suspicion of drunken driving on Thursday by, by Honolulu police, the fourth actor on ABC's Lost to run into trouble with the law while filming in Hawaii. 
If you're in Hawaii, it just seems like you're just screwed at this point. You got Dog the Bounty Hunter and everybody from Lost just getting busted. Was uh, that where he got? Bu- he was he in Hawaii? Was that where that happened? I thought he was in Mexico. What are you talking about? Well, he what was Dog the Bounty Hunter. Right, but I think he was talking to somebody in Hawaii. So I, just even having contact with Hawaii at this point is not just lethal, in your opinion. Yeah, they don't like howlies over there. If you're a white, I mean, yeah, that's what's what you are. That's not even a racial term. It's true. I'm pretty sure it's that it is. Racial, it's true. Well, I'm, well, especially because it's pretty pre- preceded by. They don't like white people over there. If you're, no, my, uh, no, that is a known term. My friend Lorraine lived there. Howley. Yeah, they would. She would get that yelled at her every time. Her big white ass would step out of the house. Uh, do I want to take these calls? How long do we have to leave? Mm, we only have like a minute. Well, here's the and thing. Uh, so, uh, well, first of all, what is your plug your MySpace? Oh yeah, everybody should check out my MySpace. Are you ready? MySpace.com slash. Tim Ryan Radio. It's all new and updated. MySpace.com slash Tim Ryan Radio. I added a really bad cell phone video, and I'm updating it. I wasn't updating it for like Ooh, a long time. Oh, that's a sexy picture. Is it? Are no. you being sarcastic? <laughs> <laughs> Rick, you've got to look. Okay. <laughs> that was taken by my cell phone. That's no good. You know what you look like there? Huh? You look like Daniel Baldwin impersonating Trent Reznor. <laughs> I like looking at myself and having fun. Moving on. Uh, oh, and he even mentions the fact in one of the pictures. Yes, I dated a suicide girl for a while. Daphne that's the me. picture. Did of she also it. enjoy your company? Did she also have a good time? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> a little, little freaky. She's this stalking her? me for a while. Like she won't stop calling me now. Shut up. <laughs> this porn star and the suicide girl, they just won't leave me alone. They just continually want, want my love. I just want a good, it's... wholesome, church-going girl who waits till marriage. <clears throat> Silence. I don't have the cricket noise. All right. Whatever. Uh, hey, tomorrow on the Rick Emerson Radio Program, we'll be joined by the one and only Storm Large, along with Wade McCollum from Cabaret. Uh, they'll both be here. Uh, Aaron Geek in the City Duran from GeekintheCity.com will be in the studio with us. Uh, and we will subject more listeners to the video that can never be named or described, uh, which I'll post on my website later on. Don't look now. It's not there now. I'll post it later on, you sons of bitches. Uh, so we'll get that up there. Uh, so our thanks to Penelope, our thanks to Chad, our thanks to uh, Lisa Desjardins, Ed McCarthy, and Rachel McGrath, who hates me, and, of course, to Henry Rollins tonight at the Aladdin Sold Out. But you might want to check and see if there are any stray tickets around there. And also to uh, Bruce Agler and Tim Ryan. Woohoo. <laughs> Tim, I'm sorry. Who slept with a porn star. And a suicide girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't forget it. 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 Uh, Rick Emerson, show producer today, David, David, lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio, manning the phones. It's Richie Bristol in the course upstairs. The gatekeepers, Dave's in. See you, uh, let's see, uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m. Like us next, like us 101 at uh, 5, Don and Mike at 7. It's the Rick Emerson uh, radio program. See you tomorrow, kids. So watch out for snakes. Bye. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years.